a little bit terrified because we have a former UFC fighter. Danny, good Tell us about your, uh, how you got started in, in fighting. I, I got the, I remember buying the video. I bought it from a car boot. I saw it. Like, oh, yeah, fighting video. Yeah, I'll watch that. Why, how can this even exist? This is basically street fighting just in, you know, in, a, in an arena. So I knew I wanted to do it. Yeah, I've had people come in and challenge me. And, You're a fucking dick. I'm going to fight you. And I'm like, hold on a minute, right? You, you think you're going to fight me? Uh, Sam Downs, 18, has asked, who would win, Beard or Josh? Right, there's only one way we can find out. Fight! Fight! <laughs> I could easily punch you both in the face, but... Doing <laughs> first. Hi, I'm Bimmy's Food. And I'm Josh Goodgin. Welcome back to the Breaking Bread podcast. I'm excited this week. Excited and a little bit terrified because we have a former UFC fighter, YouTube creator, and all-round violence artiste, Danny Mitchell, on the show. It's nice to meet you, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Good to be here. Aptly named the Cheesecake Assassin. How good's yeah, that? I saw that. I was going to say, can I just nick that and put it on a uh, on a shirt or something? Because I love. You know cheesecake. what? I have got a really cool. Oh, I should have brought it. I've got a really cool shirt with that with that on. Have you? Yeah. You know what? I, I, over the years, cornering people, I, I just get so many free T-shirts. Like nice. most, of, this is free. What I'm wearing now. Or basically, all my clothes. Is that one of Scott Askins? Yeah. 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 I get a lot of free T-shirts too. Yeah. So, <laughs> Different reasons. But. So, so I've got all these free, free like fight T-shirts and that. So what I do every time I corner someone, I just get the T-shirt and I just stick it in a bag. So I've got this big bag full of like fight walkout T-shirts that I probably should just like auction off or something one day. But um, and in the bottom was this. Uh, someone made me this like custom cheesecake assassin assassin t-shirt and it's it's me me like smashing a cheesecake it's pretty <laughs> sick it's like some sick design where did that name come from was that because you love cheesecake so after like camp you go and smash a bunch of cheesecake yeah i mean i've always been a lover of uh sweet food so it it, it came from a weigh-in uh i was eating a cheesecake at a weigh-in they started filming me <laughs> and then so as they're filming me for like the interview i'm like just eating this cake and then I just throw the spoon and I'm just like digging into it, just eating it. <laughs> and it just kind of... We could, we'll get George to find that footage. We'll let him overlay it. Cause it you know, he's, he looks, he's there like top off sunglasses and he's like fingering into this cheesecake, <laughs> just eating it while he's doing his interview. Fingering it. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, but there is a real cool shirt. I'll have to dig it out and... Uh, we'll find, send us a picture of it. We can overlay that as well for the uh, video viewers. Uh, so we'll take it, we'll give a bit more of an introduction and then Danny can take it from there. But I was, I was going to do like a, a perfunctory um, bit of pleasantry with you because normally I'll say, oh, Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, but you so don't, you don't care, f- do you? So you don't feel left out. <laughs> we can skip that if you want. Yeah, skip it. All right. You know, introduction, Spotify, we ain't got a deal, blah, 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 <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Straight into the guest. Yeah, uh, yeah so Danny, professional uh, record uh, as, uh, as a MMA fighter, 29 and one no contest. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, no, one draw. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. right. One, one of those is a draw. Against Cahill Pendred, who is McGregor's teammate. Ah, nice. And you fought at welterweight. Yeah. Which is, for, for the uh, listeners, is 77 kilos or 170 pounds. 12 stone, basically. Which is old incredible. Money. I, I got this right, though, because I, I said before when we were talking, yeah. is that, that's one above middleweight, right? Am I right? It's oh. one below. One what below, yeah. Yeah, 155, <clears throat> then 170. What the fuck? So you got it wrong. All right, but I was close. So but was looking close. at the man as he, as he sits here today... The question I ask is, how the fuck did you ever make that weight? <laughs> you know what? I'm not as heavy. So I've just weighed myself now. I'm 97 kilos. So I'm 20 kilos over my fight weight, my original fight weight. But that isn't 
two, like I've been up to like 110. That's the, that's the heaviest I got. Um, but I reckon for the right money, I could, I could probably make 77 kilos again. Yeah. I reckon I could do it. Wow. But I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I reckon that I could do it. Well, that, that is something we're going to touch on later on in the podcast, um, with regards to fighters and fighting weight classes and weight cutting. Uh, but you, uh, you, your professional career started in 2008. Is that right? And you, yeah. you, you got your USC contract in 2014. That is right. Yeah. You're a second degree black belt. Yes. Uh, combat base under Chris Houter, one of the original Dirty Dozen for any Brazilian jiu-jitsu aficionados out there. Is that the right word? You're a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. You're right, still, still there. Nice, right. nice, nice vocabulary, <laughs> I like um, it. Most twister finishes in professional MMA, which I know is incorrect. Incorrect, because it's, twi- it's uh, Rico. It is Rico. Yeah. But would yours be classed... Yours were at a higher level, won't it? Yeah, it's the only twister submission on Bellator ever. Wow. The first one on Bellator, the only one that's ever been done on Bellator. It's been done on the UFC twice, I think. Korean Zombie yeah. and Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, very recently. You, you, you've gone in pretty hard there, boys. Right? Well, so I, I actually read this on, on Wikipedia, on your Wikipedia page. It says the first Twister submission in um, in Bellator um, yeah. ever. But then that got me thinking, I, I didn't know what, what's a Twister. I, I think of Ice Lolly or that game where you can, you know, play it, <laughs> play it naked if you want to spice up the, your, your love life. <laughs> yeah, so the twist for those people listening who just have no clue what a Twister is, it's just a, it's kind of a fancy, flashy submission. So m- most people, the, the most common submission, if you like, in, in MMA is, you know, someone gets onto your back and they strangle you, you know, like they wrap their arms around your neck. And what's that called? A rear naked choke, yeah. Naked? Yeah. So, why, why they call it that? And most people will know that because of uh, Diaz McGregor. Do you know when, when Diaz yeah, choked him or whatever? Out, yeah. it's, that was a rear naked choke. So like every man and his dog now know what a rear naked choke is because of that. So a, a twister is just like a, from, from a similar position, but it's it's like a spine lock, like a, like a crank. So instead of just choking you, I'm going to twist your neck like this and then I'm going to twist your legs the opposite way using my legs. So it's like Maybe a, after a this show, body. we can we can put you in a twister and Give we can overlay demo. that footage. Yeah. See how <laughs> you feel about stri- that. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm game for anything. As long as you don't actually rip my head off, I'm game. Yeah, um, so it's a weird one to explain to people. But in, in MMA grappling circles, it's like, uh, it's like a... F- not flashy, but it's just like an uncommon, an uncommon move that you don't see very often. Made popular by Eddie Bravo, you know, Joe Rogan's best pal. So there you go. And is, 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 am I right in thinking that, that that would be like a in a grappling match an illegal submission? In, it, it, in, it is in most yeah. competitions. In a, in a lot of these like super fights they're doing now in grappling, which are really popular, then you can do anything really. It's basically your head goes one way and your legs go the other way and your spine but, just twists. I, I got that from the twister yeah. part. But you, the, it's, uh, it's legal in UFC though. I read that on, on Wikipedia. Yeah, so in, it's in, in professional fights, you can do it. But in, in amateur competition, it's it's completely banned. Mm. Um, so, and a lot of grappling competitions as well. So you don't see it that often. It but, looks cool. Though. But Bryce Mitchell is sick. Like he is the sickest guy. I, I, I love that guy. Is he your spirit animal? He is. He is. I just want like Thug nasty. Yeah. Proper he, like American, deep South American dude called Thug nasty. Yeah. He yeah. just yeah. lives like, on a farm. Hunt, hunts fucking deers and uh, twisters people. He's a pretty cool sick guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, owner of AVT then as well. Yes, so, co-owner. Co-owner of AVT MMA in Leeds. So if I want to get, I keep saying to Josh, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do it, but I keep saying, yeah, I should get a hobby, maybe like learn some self-defense. 
And he's so such I, an angry little man as well. Yeah. Like he needs, I could channel that somewhere. Good for you, yeah. But yeah, so if I want to do that, that's where I should go. Yeah, David definitely. Too, right? Okay. Definitely. Yeah. We'll get you down one time. Just get absolutely fucking spangled by some some really <laughs> really aggressive <laughs> bit of grappling. Like the worst yeah. thing you do is it could happen is if you break your jaw, like you said. So yeah, uh, a bit of grappling. <laughs> I think you'd be all right. Your beard's gonna protect your jaw. It's like <laughs> people won't be able to get to it. Like. <laughs> Danny, tell us how you got into fighting them, mate. Um, for, for those that are listening and watching, actually, like uh, me and Danny go back a, a good few years now. Um, we've, we've we've previously had a podcast uh, before COVID shut down, fighting for a year or so, um, which would be cool to bring it back, I think, at some point, especially now that we've got the studio in a functioning situation. It'd be cool to bring back the MMA podcast, but every man and the dog has got one. Yeah. Neil from Between Us has got one. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, yeah. It's called, yeah. not called Neil, though. He's called Blake Harrison. Yeah, but most people probably know him as Neil. Probably, he probably goes down the street and they're like, Oh, Neil. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us about your uh, how you got started in, in fighting. Uh, so, fighting, I started training in martial arts when I was about 10 years old. But I, I know previous to that, I wanted to... I, I remember being a little kid and wanting to do boxing. This is like when I'm... This probably never happened. It's when, I, you know, them, you have the memories when you're a kid. <laughs> that you've made up. That, that you've just made up. But I, I <laughs> distinctly remember I wanted to do boxing. And my mum and dad weren't keen on the idea because boxing, it's, you know what I mean? It's got a lot of negative connotations, you know, people punching each other and stuff. You're a young kid at school, you know... You don't want to take it into school. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And I was, I was a pretty smart kid growing up. I was, uh, I was really good at maths, which I'm, which is weird because I'm not that good at maths now, you know. But uh, it, I, I was super, super clever at maths. I, I, I remember like getting tested by Mensa when I was in, it'll have been year. Can't, what what year do you move up to secondary school? Year seven. So I'll have been, seven, been yeah. year six. I'll have been in year six. So I'll have been, I'll have been ten years old. Um, and I got ten, tested by like a, a, men's, a person from Mensa came out because I did. Uh, I was doing long division. So 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 we got homework at school, at primary school, and it was the and the primary school teachers were also the teachers for secondary school. The, yep. the schools were linked. So I got the I got the homework for the secondary school class. And it was long division. Now, nobody had been taught long division. So I went home and I'm like, mom, I've got this homework and I don't know what to do. And she was like, oh, it's long division. This is how you do it. And she just taught me long division. And I, so I just did it. I just completed all the answers yeah. and then just handed me homework in. And uh, so then the teachers were like, right, there's been a mistake and we've given everyone the wrong homework, but somebody cheated. Somebody got someone else to do it because this is something we haven't done before. And uh, like I'll show them. And it were me, yeah, yeah, yeah it were yeah. me. I'd, I, and I, I'd handed it in, all the answers there. So they were like, right, come here. They, re they did a long division. And I can't do long division now. This was just like, I'm 10 <laughs> years old and I just learned it. So they, they drew it on the board and I just, I did all the working out or whatever and I, I solved it. And they're like, fucking hell. So they did another one. I did that and they're like, wow. You know, you've, Ooh, you've, you've, you've learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... The, I, I remember this 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 person came in. I had to sit in a room and I had to do like a, there were two GCSE papers you could do. It was like a higher and a lower version. I had to do the lower version as a ten year old. They just gave me it and said do it. And yeah, I I, I don't think I I don't think I got the standard. They never came. I never saw him again. Yeah, I, you know. But so you were good, but you didn't, you were, yeah, the class was a genius. I weren't good enough. Old. Yeah, yeah. But I had but I have had I have done a mentor test since, and I qualified to actually join or whatever. So. 
But, uh, TNL, man. But, yeah, that would You be... said to me, didn't you? Like, yeah. so what's Danny like? Is he educated or what? Yeah. And I'm like, so, just you wait. So, so. <laughs> you make me sound like really conceited and like judgmental, though. I meant like, you know, you know, sometimes you see, you know, fighters especially. Yeah, yeah I suppose and it's, it's a stereo- it could be a stereotype. Well, I think that, cognitively, I think yeah. if you get smacked in the head all the time, you would expect, you know, yeah. sometimes they sound like punch drunk and stuff, don't they? Like we've talked about that before. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's well. Cool, I, I couldn't do long division now. Like I couldn't do yeah, it I, back then. Like I, I, don't, I don't know it now or anything, but all I'm trying to frame is as a kid, I was an intelligent kid. I was like top top of the class for a lot of the classes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I think, so I think my... My mum especially wanted me to like go to college, get a good job. You know, I'm a smart kid. Like, we don't want you doing fighting. I, th- I suppose yeah. most people think they're kind of mutually exclusive, don't they? They think like if you're smart, you can't. Either you're smart or you do sports, right? Yeah. So yeah. especially with boxing, I guess that's probably yeah. Because I want a very sporty kid at school as well. I hated football. Um, I, you know, I, I really. I remember, <laughs> and this is this is mad that this were even allowed. This is Doncaster for you. So I remember, <laughs> I remember at school. So we had like a like a day. It was like an afternoon where it's like you play football or you play tennis or you know you play hockey or you can play snooker, right? So you can go to the <laughs> snooker club. So the snooker club in, in Thorn is a pub with loads of snooker tables. So we just go to the pub and play snooker. And like, we'd just be left. That's so, the most Doncaster thing. Yeah, and then I, 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 remember, I remember like, you know, taking a change of clothes in our school bags and that and just walking in like, hey, can I have a pint, please? And they're just like, yeah, fuck it, here you go, pal. And they were like, serving us. We're just at school and we're just getting bit, you know, like we're just getting served in this pub and playing snooker. And I'm like, this is great. That was my basically my PE lesson. <laughs> Crazy, but... Uh, yeah, so I weren't, I weren't this most sporty person, you know, I weren't like the fastest runner or anything like that, but I just, I was just interested in, in, uh, originally boxing, but then uh, like my best friend growing up, Nathan, he was, his dad owned a taekwondo school and he's, you know, he's always in his garden and he's doing all these fancy kicks and stuff. And I'm like, I want to learn this. And uh, us being kids, you know, we always used to like play fight and we used to watch like wrestling, WWF back then. And uh, so we'd always wrestle and fight with each other and stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes it got a bit rough and people go home crying and covered in blood and stuff like that. And <laughs> I imagine that's what your childhood was like, wasn't it? I don't think I ever went home covered in blood. <laughs> the worst like, that happened to me when I was a kid, somebody, one of my friends stuck my head in. You know, you get those, um, when you connect to somebody, your driveway connects to somebody else. Uh, we had one of those like grates, so my head got stuck in it. My no na- na- neighbor had to get the but- the butter out. I wonder what he's going to do with it. <laughs> Luckily, he freed my head. He didn't like go head, anywhere. Head the head that's a, that's that's a like repressed start, memory. That. That, that's like the start of a lot of films I've watched recently, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, they, no, I never went home covered in blood. So yeah, I, I, I remember a few times. We, we used to have these fat. It was bad, really, that, that, you know, I'm surprised somebody didn't get really badly injured, but we'd have these. We started off, we had like this little fight club. And this is when I'm already training. But... um we'd meet up on this field and be like, right, you used to fight. So they'd fight and be like, right, me and you will fight. We'd all, we'd all take it in turns and fight. We'd, have, we'd, we'd put gloves on and we'd fight. And then it started progressing then. We'd be like, right, used to versus used to. And they're like, right, you can have a stick. You know, <laughs> and it started, it started. Weapon, it's like fucking Mortal Kombat. This it started kids. progressing. And I, I, I vividly remember one day going there and uh, there were like 50 people. And we'd separated into two teams of like these train tracks with these ditches next to them and then like a big open field. So we're all in this open field. Everyone else is like in these bushes and these ditches near these train tracks. And we're like, right, <laughs> we've got to get over them train tracks. Like that's our mission, you know? And we're just kids. And 
I'm running and just, there's some guy who's got an air rifle shoot, shooting him <laughs> with an air rifle. And uh, yeah, there were just people, <laughs> it, it was crazy. I remember one guy had a riding crop. He had his, yeah, his, yeah. his mum, uh, Jade actually keeps her horses, used to keep her horses there, but he nicked a riding crop off his mum and uh, he snapped it. It's very hard to snap a riding crop, but he snapped it over. That's the thing that the whip horses yeah, really yeah, races. Yeah, 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 like a whip. Yeah, so and <laughs> I, I and uh, being a kid interested in martial arts, I had like nunchucks. I had all kinds of like mad, you know, eastern weapons. So I brought them. I'm dishing them out. So you know, I'm working people with nunchucks. It got mental. You know, people were getting tied up and beat up and stuff. It got pretty crazy. <laughs> And and should, we, should we fast forward to part where you, where you get into like more um, conformist types of um, <laughs> types of fighting? Not just so how many people did you kill yeah. when you were a teenager? Like nah, <laughs> streets of rage, man! Do you remember yeah. that game, Streets of rage. Yeah. <laughs> so it were pretty, it were pretty pretty crazy. But at that time, I were already training. But uh, so what it was, like I say, my friend, he were in, his dad had this taekwondo school, and we were we weren't bad kids. We weren't like unruly kids or whatever. We just play fight a little bit, and um, so he just said, "Listen." You can all have 30 days free at my gym. Come and learn. Uh, so I just went every day. I just, you know, learning taekwondo. And uh, some of my mates came, did a few sessions, and then they went off and did what they, you know, play football or whatever they want to do. But straight away, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to do martial arts. And I had this passion for just learning moves, like techniques. And then straight away, I, I like... I wanted every Kung Fu film and, and I got obsessed with like watching martial arts movies, you know, these really cheesy, <laughs> shitty movies, but I was just obsessed with watching them and, you know, just any any kind of fighting, watching boxing fights, anything just that like combat sport based. I was just interested in books. I just wanted to learn. And from that point, I just never, never stopped really. It just, uh, it just continued, you know, there was always a hunger to learn more. I want to learn more. I want to compete. I want to test it out. I want to learn more. And it just eventually, and I think any good martial artist who does that will always end up with MMA uh, because that is the kind of the ultimate test. That was going to be my next question. It was going to yeah. be why MMA? Yeah, it's, it's just the ultimate test in it. I watched, I watched the UFC. I was lucky enough to watch it when I was still at school. So, you know, most people just seeing the UFC now, uh, I'd watched it when I were at school, so I already sort of knew. And, and back then, there, there was less rules. There was no gloves. It was, was way brutal. It wasn't back in the day. I remember yeah. going on like a lad's holiday to um, one of those shit Greek islands. <laughs> we went to this because I'm into rock music, right? And there was this one place that wasn't playing terrible dance music all the time. So we'd have a few beers in the afternoon there. And they played like greatest knockouts of UFC. And I remember back then thinking, what the fuck? This could never be made mainstream because there were guys getting their heads caved in. Yeah. And like you say, but there were dudes used to sometimes fighting proper karate geese and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There were no weight classes, bare knuckles. Yeah, because now, now they often, rightly so, I think, the refs dive in. Once they're pounding on them and they're yeah. out cold, the refs jump in. But that, back then it was like... Yeah, that's goes. it. But I remember the first UFC I watched, it was actually UFC 3. And it's the one where, because Hoyce Gracie, you know, that um, he was the guy that sort of that brought Brazilian jiu-jitsu to the forefront by winning UFC 1, winning UFC 2 when it was a tournament format and, and basically proving to the world that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is one of, if not the best martial art, standalone martial art, you know, because you've got all these different, you know, you've got wrestlers and, you know, boxers all fighting. As a standalone martial art, it was the best, it was the one that was winning. But I watched UFC 3 first, which Hoyce actually gets injured in his fight and doesn't compete in the final. Like some ninjutsu guy wins it. 
<laughs> so it weren't the best one to start with because I'm st- at this point I'm still thinking oh ninjutsu could be the one now <laughs> this could be it that that could be the supreme fighting style so but yeah I watched that and I, I was like I remember watching it thinking this cannot be legal I, I got the, I remember buying the video I bought it from a car boot I saw it like oh yeah fighting video yeah I watched that and I and I was watching it I'm like this this can't be real this has got to be fake and then the people are getting knocked out and that and I'm like nah, this is real. This is like, it felt like I shouldn't be watching it. Like, this yeah. is illegal. This is... Yeah, because you initially thought it was like WWE. And then yeah, you yeah. saw the blood and like, And oh, I was like, what? like, how can this even exist? This is basically street fighting just in, you know, in a in an arena. So I knew I wanted to do it. And then uh, it's weird that now I'm almost desensitized to it. Like, fighting is so normal to me. Like, you know, when you, when, when you go first, I remember first every time I saw a cage in person i went in and there's an arena with a cage in and i'm like wow this is like i feel like i'm in like the coliseum you know and the yeah, gladiators yeah. are gonna fight it was like that crazy feeling but i don't get that anymore where were you in like a working men's club <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not a joke like genuinely like yeah, that's where it started wasn't it? yeah like, we just some uh was it maybe it was where mike was remember mike saying that a few weeks ago he, he I, went to that place in the where he nearly got stabbed and they had a boxing ring in the back yeah. remember he said oh of course yeah he Mike really yeah, got stabbed yeah. and if anyone had disagreement they sent him out to the boxing <laughs> yeah, ring yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's how we started mma it was in sort of like like your working men's yeah. club and stuff like you say it's not mainstream but that that feeling i just don't get that feeling anymore it's, it's seeing a cage and loads of fights it's just so normal to me so in a weird way i suppose it's like any other job in the sense of like you were bat an eyelid at a camera now, you know, like, whereas a lot of people, if they got put in front of a camera, they're going to fall apart. They're a bit completely overwhelmed. It's very remember, similar yeah. to that. And it like you, I remember the first time I went on stage for a proper, like an eating contest with like a massive crowd. I've been like, Whoa, but I don't like, I don't get that now. It's, it yeah. seems like it's normal to but me. But the fighting one's a weird one. I saw uh, a lot of lads from the gym recently were sharing a, it were almost like a quote. I can't remember where it was from, but there was, it said, uh, every, Every person should step step into a, marsh, a martial arts gym and at least you know try some sort of combat sports, whether yeah. it's boxing, jujitsu, ah, wrestling. Yeah, I've seen that. I think it, I think it was about boxing, wasn't it? It was I think about it a boxing. Was about gym. boxing it, yeah. It, 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 the, the quote was about a boxing gym. Like everybody should go to a boxing gym, but you know you could apply it to any martial yeah, arts gym. Um, just to understand the sort of what it actually takes to be put in that shit position, I guess, because then it'd stop a lot of street fights where people think that they can fight. And yeah. went after the car, and it all ends in tears anyway. That's like, yeah, I'd love, I'd, I'd love to do it. Like, I'm just scared of getting injured. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a total coward. But like, I'm, I'm I keep thinking I wanna, I wanna kind of give it a bash. Yeah. Just to learn, you know, like learn some. Because I'm gonna ask one of the questions I'm gonna ask Danny later is a little bit about, you know, right, okay. maybe techniques for people who, you know, that want to diffuse a fight. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. We're always talking about fighting, right? And I know you actually. I, I keep saying I'm gonna suplex you, but you fucking stomp me because you, you know, you like, you know, all the grappling moves and stuff, and I don't. So I'd be relying on the fact that I'm stronger than you. <laughs> he threatens. He threatens to uh, put me through a table like every week. <laughs> I don't know why. I know where that came from. It's like a running gag now. Um, so yeah, I mean, so when we when was your first MMA fight? Then so like, how how did you get from sort of starting out as a, a fighter across multiple disciplines to then honing in on MMA and saying right, this is the path I'm gonna gonna lead so you gotta think back then so you're talking early 2000s um you know i'm like what is it 2000 and 2001 i'm 15 years old i'm training in all these different martial i'm, I'm literally finding gyms and if, if a gym pops up that's teaching a martial art i'm going to it and i'm it doesn't matter what martial art is kung fu i don't know whatever snake style anything <laughs> i'm le- i want to learn it and um 
so so I'm, I'm going to all these different places i'm learning and then competitions are just coming up whether it's kickboxing you know there's there's not really a lot of mma at this point uh, i had a couple of grappling matches and then i ended up um and, and, and i can't drive obviously i'm a young kid at this point so i'm getting i'm having to get lifts places uh, and then I, I had a couple of mma fights but the original MMA fights that was in a ring or there was on mats. Like I didn't, I don't think I, oh, I did. I did compete as an amateur in a cage, but, but not for the first few, few matches I had were just like on mats. I remember one, it was in the sports hall, just on some mats. And, uh, yeah, there's just like 10 people watching and I just, it was miles away as well. It was in Gloucester. And I remember I, I remember I, this guy just slammed me and I just armbarred him in like 30 seconds and they gave me like a little medal. And then I just went home. And that were it. That's it wild. literally lasted like thirty seconds. But and the rules were always, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, you can't you can't punch to Ed, or you know, you could punch to Ed, but you couldn't punch to the head when they was on the ground. Are these the amateur? Yeah, rules the, that- and, and there were all kinds of variations of these like amateur rules back then. There were, you know, every sort of gym that put on a fight had their own version of the rules. Now it's like, uh, yeah, I think it's probably worth saying actually that. Everyone, MMA is so in the public eye now. Like, it's almost people think it's been there forever. Yeah. You know, like football or cricket or, you know, crown green bowling. But it's it's really new. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a new sport. So you got to think UFC 1 was, what, 1993? So it's, yeah. it's not a long time for... It must have been strange as a young man being like, like paving the way to have the confidence to just step into all these different gyms and different combat situations when there's no, none of your yeah. peers are doing it around nah, you. No, nah. no. And, and, and most of my mates, they just, they didn't really know what I was doing. They just thought I was... So I remember at school, people would literally call me Kung Fu Danny. But like, oh, Kung Fu Danny. Because they, they thought I just did like... <laughs> That's a cool nickname. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you just Kung Fu or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not really what we're doing, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, and, and back then there weren't a lot of social media and stuff like that, so it was a lot of uh, a lot of trial and error on my part, finding out what worked and stuff. And it took me it took me a long time to sort of get any good, really. You know, I, I was learning off different people, and it's uh, I went through all that trial and error for like 10, 15 years, and now I can teach you what I learned in that fifteen years in like one year. You know, that's the difference now. Is yeah, it, yeah. it took me a long time and, and, and now things have caught up, now things have evolved. It's MMA is almost a thing that I can teach. Whereas before it weren't really a thing. It were like whatever you made up on the day. Yeah. You know, you've got everyone's training different things, what they think work, but nobody really knows if it works or not until you start doing it. So the more you start fighting, the more you realize, ah, oh, this is this this position occurs a lot. We need to work on this. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because like the evolution, even I know like how the, the sports kind of evolved since I remember first seeing it. Yeah. And like back in the day, like Danny says, it was just different types. Of, and it's now, it, it seems to be now that everyone basically is just an MMA fighter. And there's yeah. no like one style that goes that, into a ring. Is there something yeah, that yeah. strikes more and something grapples more. Exactly. There's not, it used to be striker versus grappler, but now it's it's not so much that. Like even your top level strikers in, in MMA can all grapple really well as, as well. I suppose you've got to, because like if you're on the ground, like you're getting choke the fuck out aren't you like yeah, when, look, when it, if you're watching Khabib and some, it's going to the ground you're just like what's the well, point like, so we'll turn it off Khabib's a good example like when he choked out McGregor McGregor's a, bra- a brown belt in jiu-jitsu yeah yeah um, but I think Khabib's probably still a white belt because he's a yeah he's, it, he's, it means nothing it's 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 the complete game of yeah. MMA I mean there's no there's no belts in MMA or whatever it's just it just is what it is it, it's it's the 
it, the good thing about it, MMA and grappling is above all other martial arts is that it's like battle tested. Like you, you're physically getting in there and competing with someone. So you know that the techniques, even if you never compete, if I show you things, you can say, oh, well, you can watch my fights and see me doing that in a fight and be like, that works because you've physically done it to somebody else who's fighting you back. Whereas all the martial arts outside of that now are just in this like cuckoo land where they're teaching things that they've learned off their teachers or whatever, but they've never been in them real scenarios yeah. to see if it actually works. And I, w- it- I watched one of your videos actually this morning. I think it was on your Instagram profile, which was a cool, because I love, oftentimes when I watch, I'm a casual, right? I've started watching a little bit, but when it goes to the ground, it loses my interest. Not because I, I, there's no art in it, right? That's where it's really technical, but I'm like, I don't know what they're yeah. trying to do. But I watched one of yours this morning where it was like, uh, if somebody's, is it full mount where somebody's just basically on top of you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, you said that the, uh, a bloke could be trying to punch you in the head when he's got you. And you're, you, you actually said, um, this doesn't work all the time because somebody will get wise to it. But you had your arm around the other side and if he pulls back, you try yeah, to Yeah, you can catch his arm. Yeah, the Dagestani escape, I call it. Because Khabib does it when he's on top. He reaches around your body and he grabs your arm behind yeah, your back. Yeah, the Dagestani, the Dagestani handcuff. handcuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I can I can snag that position from underneath mount yeah, and yeah. use that to escape or not get hit. But that's, so. I, I find that that's the part I'm getting more interested in because I, I don't know anything about grappling, yeah. right? Well, if you did grappling for six months... Right, and never did it again. You you would enjoy watching MMA more because you would understand the positional dominance. You'd be like, oh, that's why he's doing this because of this. Yeah. You know, it just makes it so much easier. So the more people get edge, I know there's still a lot of people who they like MMA, but they're like, oh, I like it when they just stand up. And it's like, well, you like kickboxing, then you don't like yeah. MMA. But it, the more you can educate yourself on on grappling, I think everybody. I, I still think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the number one martial art. If you could only learn one, that is the one you would learn. I still think it's the most effective. Do you know what Jeff Thompson said was? Uh, you know Jeff Thompson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he got asked that question on one of Ben's podcasts and he said boxing. Yeah. Uh, which is which I found interesting, but he said it just because of uh, it's the quickest to react. So he was, yeah. he was, a, he was talking about reactive in, a, in a, a situation where you'd be fighting that you can strike first, keep striking or get the distance and bounce. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like jujitsu is... Everyone, every time I read something, it's about Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. So that seems to be like the dominant kind of thought. I've never seen somebody be like, oh yeah, karate is really good. Yeah. To me, karate seems... Yeah, you did karate for like two years when I was a kid. And I just remember thinking, this is pointless. This is not going to help me win a fight. Ever. <laughs> right? But I think grappling is... If yeah. You, you would tell... Well, I don't want to incriminate or anything, but you would tell about, me about diffusing that situation or something with you. It could be your friend, some guy who's been a knob. Yeah. And you ended up just kind of passing him out. Yeah, I know a guy that did that. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. I know a guy that... Yeah. It happens. But no, that's it not does, advocating yeah, yeah. violence. You're, that yeah, was yeah. you trying to be a yeah, pacifist. It's, the guy being an, an arsehole. And yeah. Just being right and it was we simple. And, and this was probably one of, one of the first things that I uh, probably got taught by you when we were at ABT. You know, an arm drag into a rear naked choke. It, like oh yeah totally do those all nah, the time. Nah, it's, it's literally so you throw a punch yeah i grab the your punching arm pull you into me so then you've passed you, you've literally passed my body and i'm essentially on your back at that yeah. point if you've done no martial arts training you're fucked yeah like it's it's, it's lights out because there's what do you do you, you wouldn't even think to be fighting you don't know what to do that's it it's, it's game over yeah um but yeah it's really good for that but again Michael Bisping said, you know, he says it today about um, jujitsu works till they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so the last place you want to be is on the floor. Um, oh yeah, that's so. So, in terms of effectiveness, in a there's different ways you can look at it. So for street fighting, 
and self-defense, when you go into that sort of, there's like this big rabbit hole, which I, I like to stay away from as much as I can. I, I think that the self-defense world is just full of fucking idiots, basically. There's just so much shit in, in self-defense. You know, people people teaching techniques. So street fighting, and, mo- and most of these people who are teaching it have never, have, haven't been in. So Jeff Thompson's really good. He's been a dorm and he's seen a lot of, that kind of stuff happening, yeah. So he has got some. He's got some really good. Um, he, he's one of the best. He's probably one of the best self defense guys, um, in the world because of his experience of actual fights, and uh, a lot. A lot of it is about diffusing and, and and stuff like that. It it's less about the actual techniques. So you get these people teaching moves, block, do this, do that, do that. But in a in a fight, it's chaos. You don't know what is going to happen. You're not fighting somebody who's trained to throw a punch. You're fighting somebody who's just wild, probably off the road on drugs. You don't know what they're going to do. Like you don't know if you hit them, they're going to go left, right, up or down. You, they don't. They might have a knife. They might have a gun. You just do not know. You know, I've been in some mad street fights and mad scenarios, and it's it's crazy what can happen. And I think for like self defense and. Uh, sort of self-protection a lot of it needs to be you could probably teach it in a seminar where you just sit and listen rather than learn techniques you get you get more out of the concepts of like diffusing situations without being physical yeah you know a lot of it's like how you talk to people or how you stand you know and and a lot of people don't want to fight i find on the street i don't my my self-defense would be Run away. Yeah, hope that's, I'm that's still, your advice. Yeah, that, well, so my my number one advice, especially, so a lot of times, you know, people do, another big one is, I, I got asked a couple of years ago to do a women's self-defense call, you know, where you teach women and stuff like that. And I'm like, that sounds really like a noble thing to do. But at the same time, if a guy is going to attack you and you start trying to punch him in the face, he's going to get very mad and he's possibly going to do something a lot worse than he was going to originally do to you. That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. So, so in, 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 I'm almost, if I taught women self-defense, you know, a guy does this, you do this kind of in that technical way, it's, it could be worse. For yeah, you feel like you're kind of contributing to the problem rather than just saying, yeah, well, run away so, and try yeah, and shout. So, 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 you don't so want to empower it. Yeah. Cause you don't really want to empower it in that sense to say, you do this and you can choke him out. Cause if it could all go wrong and it's even worse. Yeah, it, it's exactly. Times worse, yeah. So, so if I was, if I was to teach a women's self-defense course, it would just be a treadmill and we'd just do like interval sprints. Yeah. I'd be like, just get really good at running faster than people. That's, that's the, one of the best defenses ever is just like run really fast, yeah. scream as loud as you can so as many people nearby can hear. It's valid. I'm good. I'd be great at that. I did. I get a black belt on that. Then, <laughs> yeah. Screaming. I think, and, and then technique wise, you don't need to learn techniques. There's two places you can hit a man in a street fight that is going to like incapacitate. Yeah. One is, one is his balls. And the other is his eyes. Just stick, you know, women have all these long nails. Just stick your fingers in his eyes. He can't see then leg it. That's my, a, my nephew punched me in the nuts. I told you now. <laughs> Wait, he's, he's, he's not even four. He punched me in the nuts the other day. He incapacitated me for about 20 minutes. I thought I was going to throw up. Uh, he fully like, right. he's going to be, I'm going to send him down to your gym. He's always fighting people. <laughs> right hook me clean in the nuts. Oh man, this is a story for another day. Isn't it? Though, about talk, like, I suppose the benefits of uh, martial arts in young people and teaching 
that that's a good way to teach sort of mutual respect amongst yeah the peers. That, that's it the, the people who are fighting out there tend to be the people who don't do any tra- sort of training and it's that pent-up aggression that like i'll go out with loads of fighters and we won't have a fight but the people who are with us who aren't fighters will start fights yeah. because it's almost like they have something to prove to other people that i can fight i can do this as well yeah, we were at so, Krakow yeah. for Danny Mitchell's stag do and it was, what, 20 fighters? Yeah, yeah. It was, and you would have expected that to be absolute chaos and that's a peaceful bunch of dudes that... Yeah. It's, it's fascinating, really. Yeah. I reckon it is. Should we fast forward a little bit to um, the, the, how... Um, how you got started in the UFC and how Absolutely. the contract... Because that's I, I saw a little... I don't think it was on your channel, but I saw a video about you when you were talking about... Um, Obviously, we're gonna. I think we're gonna get onto it, but like the life of a fighter not being glamorous. You were yeah. sleeping in, in mats in, you, in your gym or something. Yeah, yeah, I slept in the gym and. And then, but then eventually, because you, your record was really impressive, you got signed by UFC in 2013, 14. So it was the, yeah, I think it was at the end of 2013. I got signed, and then I fought in 2014. But yeah, it was just pure luck, really, that I got signed. You know, yeah. it was it was as a young as a young fighter. I think I went eight and zero. Oh, uh, you know, and early on in my career. So everyone's like, wow, you know, eight and oh, you know, up and coming. Obviously the UFC is the goal. Is it just to interject? Is it when, when you were doing these, these fights, the ones that got you noticed, is there a point at which you turned professional before UFC? Wait, so when Yeah, yeah. So, so in t- 2008, I turned professional. So I, I only had 10 amateur fights. I, I'd won eight, lost two. This is just in MMA. Um, so I won eight, lost two. So, but there weren't many fights around at that point, you know. Is that something you just sign up for and you say, look, I'll compete? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're just, you know, like I say, I'd have to go to some leisure center in Gloucester or I'd just go to, you know, the be, you know, small event, working men's club, there's a ring and you can have an MMA fight in it, that that sort of deal. So so I had I had 10 amateur fights and then I decided, you know, I want to start fighting professionally. And I didn't really have a coach per se. I was doing a lot of this myself off my own back. I, I had people who, who trained, who I went to for training, but I didn't have like a, one guy who was like guiding me through and this is what you're going to do. I just said one day I want to fight pro. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, jump on. So, um, yeah, so I, I made my debut in 2008 and, uh, yeah, I had a good run. I, I won my first eight fights. I won a, a I won a four-man tournament. So I had two fights in one night. Um, that, was, that was really tough. That was like the most exhausted I've ever been, but both fights went the distance as well. So I, out of all my wins, I have 20 professional wins only two, uh, I finished every single fight inside the distance apart from two. And those two fights were on the same day. Oh, so yeah, that were a, lo- that were a long that night. That were a long night. Um, but I'm organizing these fights myself. I'm training myself. I'm, you know, I'm just going to these fights with my friends, basically. My friends are cornering me yeah, yeah. in fights. Like I'm telling them between rounds what to tell, you know, they're saying, uh, you should do this. And I'm like, tell me to do this instead. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm cornering them who's cornering me. So it, it was a bit crazy. I could have done it a lot better. I could have, I could have in hindsight, you know, gone to America or gone to a gym and said, right, train me. But that just, it just didn't work out. Like that. And, and I'm, I'm sort of proud that I did. I got so far just organizing my own, my own stuff. So and then what? how did the, the UFC thing come around then? Was that like, yeah. I, you said in that video, I, I saw you were like, oh, I just got this, this offer one day when you were sleeping in the mats and you'd yeah. gym, so that must've felt good. Yeah, so like I say, early, early on in my career, I, the, the UFC is a goal, you know, I'm eight and oh, and then I took a few dangerous fights, 
which other people didn't want these fights. Like, oh, who's going to fight this guy? He's unbeaten. And I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. You know. Guess who he got an offer to fight that it never came to fruition? Khabib. So, Khabib, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could have been, that's it. I could have been the guy back then, but yeah, I had a, I saved that screenshot when I got offered Khabib. Yeah. So I think I ended up, I ended up fighting on Bammer. I, it, it, it conflicted with that fight. Uh, when I did a flying triangle on Dean yeah, and the singer. Yeah. So I actually, I did that. Would you, would you, would you have done it then? Oh yeah. I would have fought him. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Back back then, like I was fighting anybody. So when I, I was eight and oh, and I fought another guy, I think he was like seven and oh or eight and oh as well. And they were like, oh, these two young lads, you know, who's going to be the next, the next up and comer sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fight him. I ended up losing that fight. And, uh, Everyone's like, oh, you know, it's kind of, it felt good for me because it were a tough fight. I enjoyed it. I lost, which is a downer, but um, it sort of took the pressure off me because I'm not unbeaten anymore. So pe- people just sort of like, oh, yeah, fuck Danny. We'll look <laughs> at this guy. And then um, I remember John John Kavanagh, McGregor's coach, was on the on the Cage Warriors forum, which is like the big MMA forum back in the day. And he's like, you know, no one wants to fight Gunnar. Who will fight him? So I'm like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll interject yeah. there. So you watched the UFC London recently. Gunnar Nelson, yeah. uh, the Icelandic fighter who got on the dude's back for three rounds and just were just punching him. We got body triangle. On. Yeah, Did yeah. you see him? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the dude. So he's still going. Now he's Gunnar, isn't he? Uh, yeah, no yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's who he fought. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a, he was a unit as well, that dude. Yeah. So Gunnar, Gunnar was unbeaten at the time. He's like this phenom, you know, fighting out of Iceland. So yeah. So I ended up fighting him. I lost to him. And how, so, how did you lose? Was uh, he got on my thing? back and he choked me. Oh, so, which is like his game. That's his game. He's getting on people's backs. Gunnar's posture, just, just quickly on Gunnar, like you might have seen him come out, he's got like a karate stance, but like he's got this weird posture. Like yeah, he he's like have, an ape. Yeah, yeah, he's like an ape. His hips like stick out, his ass sticks out and he's like upright. Yeah. And that must be where he generates all his power from. Yeah, as a, as yeah a he's got very, very powerful hips. I once seen a, a, a photo of him. Someone posted just a random photo like, guess which fighter this is? And I straight away said, it's gonna. Him is like a baby. He's got a nappy on and he's like, he's got this arch in his back and this weird like posture with his upper body. So he looks like an ape. Like that's that kind yeah. of... When you see a gorilla walking. That's yeah, what it looks that's like. what it looks like. Pr- pretty yeah. cool. Sorry, mate, carry on. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm eight and two. You know, I've, lo- I've lost two on trot and then it's sort of almost derails the UFC train then, you know, you've lost two fights. It's like, yeah, yeah. So then I, I'm just fighting anyone, anywhere, you know, I've got injuries popping up. I'm just, I'm just having random fights in different places. I'm just doing whatever. I'm not think. I'm not like, I don't want to, I'm not thinking about the UFC anymore. I'm almost, I'm almost thinking that ship sailed now. It's just a case of let's travel the world and fight. And, and that's what I were doing. I'd fought in America before I'd fought in the UFC. Yeah. So I'd already I'd already been to America and fought, um, and then I fought in Sweden on short notice. I was actually preparing for a fight, and the fight didn't happen for some reason. I can't remember why. And then you know they messaged me from Sweden, which I'd already been to Sweden and beat one of their one of their good guys before. So they're like, "Oh, we want you to come back. It's it's in a week. You know, can can you do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So the opponent was. Uh, an ex UFC fighter. So he just got cut from the UFC and this was like his first fight back in his hometown in Sweden. Uh, this was in Gothenburg. So I'm like, yeah, sweet. So I, I, I rocked up there. I took Tom Crosby as my corner man. He's just my student. You know, he's he, at the time he'd had one fight and I'm yeah. like, you can corner me. And he's like, all right. Yeah, sweet. So we get there and, uh, we was in the changing room with Jens Pulver, who was like a, a legend in the UFC 
Um, I think he was the lightweight champion of the UFC, the, like the old lightweight title. Um, so he's in our change room. He's got his brother and his manager in there. So, you know, we're talking and stuff and, you know, having a laugh and a joke. And then, so he was main event, I was co-main. So we, we, we made a joke about wrapping hands because, you know, I've got Tom with me. He didn't know how to wrap hands. And, you know, we've just got these bandages and that. And then uh, Jen's, Jen's brother, Abel, says, you know, do you, want, do you want me to wrap your hands for you? And I says, ah, oh, don't worry about it. I said, I, I said, I won't even punch him. I'll just go choke him and then I'll be back. And then everybody laughed. And then I went out, <laughs> fought him, choked him and just came back. And they were like, no way, you said you were going to do that. That's uh, class. So, so it was just like a funny story. And I've, I've told that a lot of times. It, it, it were really, um, it was just a, a surreal moment, you know, just to go out there and do that. But again, I'm not thinking about anything else. This, just, this was those like, this was like on his home turf. Yeah, well. yeah. This, that must have been a buzz though. A, a lot of my fights were like that, to be fair. Like yeah. a, a lot of me, a lot of the fights, the, the big fights that I've had have, have been away, you know, a lot of the big wins. So, uh, so I'd done that. And then um, my, the plan in my head, was to fight again on that show in Sweden. There was another guy, uh, David Bill Keaton, he's called. He was like the champion at my weight, and I was like, let's have a super fight with him. He, he'd previously fought in the, I think he'd fought in the UFC, he'd fought in Japan. So I'm like, I want to fight that guy. We'll fight for a title, you know what I mean? So in my head, I'm thinking, this this place in Sweden is my UFC. This is my end game. Like, I'll be the champion here. And, yeah. you know, I re- it was a big show, huge show. Um. So that was the plan. But then when I got home, um, the manager that was in the same room, I didn't realize who he was. So a guy called Monty Cox. So he's the manager of like... Um, <laughs> you like that name, do you? Couldn't help it. <laughs> Monty Cox. Big Cox, they call him. So um, <laughs> They don't call you that, do they? Didn't know. They don't call me that. <laughs> so he, he's actually the manager of Robbie Lawler, um, you know, all these Matt Hughes who used to be uh welterweight champion, Jeremy Horn, all these guys from the Militich camp, he was their manager. So he had, you know, loads of connections and stuff. And he just emailed one night just emailed me a UFC contract, like, Congratulations, you're a UFC fighter, like sick. Yeah. So so it was just through that fight in Sweden, through that, you know, he's he's gone away and you know, he spoke to uh, Joe Silver, the matchmaker at the time, and he's told Joe Silver this story. Oh, there's this crazy guy rocked up to Sweden, UFC veteran, he's just gone out, choked him and you know, he had his mate in his corner. So he he's told <laughs> yeah. his story and he's like, Yeah, let's get him on. There was a U there was a UK card in three months' time, so it, it was you know, an easy sell for him. So, uh, what do, what do those contracts? I don't obviously you can't tell me like the finite. I, I don't really get the fine print of them. But like, does it contract you for a certain period of time or a number of fights? Or? It's for four fights, but everything in those contracts for the fighters. And this is why there's a lot of uh, stuff around. You know, um, the fairness and stuff like for fighters is is everything in that contract is to benefit the promotion. It's not for you, so yeah. they can terminate whenever they want. Yeah. So you sign for four fights, but. They can they can can you whenever they want and uh, yeah everything in there is just for their benefit. It's like you cannot do this, you cannot do that. You you know so I remember posting on Twitter and they messaged me say take that down, put this instead. You know it was very like it was like I don't know if it's like that still now or can you, you know. remember what the value of it was back so 2014? Can you remember what your your the pay was? Yeah, it was uh, ten and ten. Ten and ten, so yeah, ten thousand yeah. dollars to show up, ten thousand dollars for a win. Yeah, and and we, and it's similar now. 
Well, well, we were, you were telling me before. Yeah, so Paddy, Paddy Pimbletter, who's like everyone's talking about now, he re- he revealed that he's on a 12 and 12 contract. Yeah. Which is, you know. Yeah, so so his first fight, so so what it was with me, it's 10 and 10, and then it goes up 12 and 12, 14 and 14, and it goes up like that if you win. So I had two fights. I lost two decisions. So I got I got 10 for my first, 10 for my second, done. And they, they can just cut you. I, I thought I'd done enough to sort of stay in there. Yeah. Even my manager messaged me, he's like, listen, you've had two close fights, been entertaining. Like my dad had died in the middle of my fight camp. So they were like, bearing all that in mind, they ain't going to cut you. And then they just, they, then they invited me to Sweden to watch the UFC. They're like, oh, free tickets. If you want them, come and sit cage side. I'm like, sweet. I got to Sweden. And I got, while I was there, I got an email saying, termination so, of contract. I was like, oh, nice one. Talk about fucking kicking a man while he's down. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. uh, that's a wild, that's a wild story that. Yeah. So, I mean, the UFC, when the UFC came, like the timing of it was probably the worst timing. I mean, for the first fight, like I felt pretty good or whatever. My my dad came and watched me fight, but he was really ill. He was like, you know, I think that the fight was in March and he died in May, I think. So it was, you know, it, it was, that was obviously the last fight he, he got to see. He got to see me fight in the UFC. I've, I didn't get the win, but I had a good fight. It was a close fight. And then, uh, yeah, then then he died. Then I was, I was already scheduled to fight in, uh, might have been the June time in Vegas. So I had to pull out of that fight. You know, I've got a funeral. I've got all this stuff to saw. And it's like, you know, my dad's just died. It's sort of, you know, my mum's there on her own. I can't be leave. I needed to, what I needed to do is leave to train. Yeah. You know, take myself away and train somewhere, train at a gym. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just couldn't do that. So then I did, when I fought the second time for the UFC, that was in Macau in China, which is a bit of a mad place. Um, so I fought there, uh, but I'd just not, I'd just not, taking myself away and concentrating on myself for training. I basically just trained with my mates, did a few sessions uh, and and just got in there and, and I just weren't fully prepared and, yeah. and ready to fight. That's, in hindsight, what I should have done, he said, no, listen, give me, a, give me a few months to like get everything in order, get myself into a routine, maybe even go somewhere like, um, you know, go to um, Greg Jackson's camp or something like that where... I'm just going to be a fighter and not a coach Yeah. where someone else is going to coach me and tell me what to do. I, maybe I should have done that, but I just tried to blag it and do my own thing and it didn't quite work out. Uh, so yeah. Do you, do, you, do you sort of um, regret not sort of like pausing it a little bit in, in, after everything that had gone on? Did you feel under pressure from the UFC to make yeah, these fights? Yeah. That's what, I, yeah. I thought if I don't, so, so they, they emailed that I canceled that first fight and then, um, they emailed me, said, right, you know, in three months' time or whatever, there's this fight. And I sort of thought, they've sent they've sent this offer. Like, I can't really decline it now. Like, how how many times can I can I do that? I didn't want to piss them off. So I thought, yeah, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll be all right. And, and I was all right. I wasn't like, when my dad died, I didn't really have any, I weren't like distraught where it like just ruined my life and I didn't leave my house. My, my life continued as normal, but it was just... It just weren't the ideal scenario, if you know what I mean. It just yeah. weren't. It just weren't the. I, I, I could, a lot of it were down to like my family. I didn't want to leave. I didn't just want to fuck off and leave my family, and uh, and you know, I had to just 
just get through it, just do yeah. my own thing. I just did my own training, again, with my own students. I'm just turning up, we're just doing bits of training. I'm like, right, Josh, uh, you hold these pads for me, yeah. you know. And I had people help me. I had Craig Burke and Cam Atakoru, they, they, they helped me. You know, I did some sessions with them. They cornered me and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for, like, the help that they gave me for those two fights and, you know, coming with me to China and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't regret any of it. I just... I did. I, I chose to do what I did, and so and that's it. So you got cut from the UFC. Is that when you went to Bellator? Is that when you got signed for Bellator? So I didn't. I never got signed to Bellator. I just did a one fight. It was right. just a one fight deal. It's like, do you want to fight in Bellator? They're in the UK. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. And then I just happened to twist with the guy. Um, and then Be- Bellator just never really promoted it. After that, it just sort of like went. And it's only recently I've, I've featured on some of their highlight reels where they're like, oh, sickest finishes in Bellator history, and I've been on there, but. After it happened, it, it sort of got overshadowed because that's the same event where MVP needs Cyborg in the head and he had a, his head caved in and there was all these... Cyborg? That is actually a character from Mortal Kombat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> is that a guy's nickname or something? Yeah. Evangelista Santos is called. So he, his head caved in from a knee. So... The next day, nobody gave a fuck about this twister. All they were doing was sharing <laughs> x-rays and this guy's head just caved in. Like, is he, he all right? is he alive? He's all right, apparently, yeah. His brain's just fucking scrambled out. Yeah. Apart from that, he's all right. Yeah, so uh, mad times. I, w- I was going to ask you a question. I don't want to get like too deep or anything, but I've got like kind of a burning question. Go deep. You're the first like athlete really we've had done, right? And I like to make analogs. Obviously, I'm not the, the, the sportsman, right? Yeah, competitive is not a sport; it's a, a freak show. But for the people that watch, at the elite level, it kind of is like well, it, it is like people train really hard for it, basically. Yeah. Um. So what I'm interested in is you obviously sharing your story there about you know things that have gone wrong and stuff like that. Do you do you reckon there's do you ever? I know you say you don't have any regrets, but do you look back and think, uh, if I had done X, Y, or Z, I would have been better? Do you think it's a question of like you putting effort in, or do you think the reason say? Um, you know, like you get household names like Khabib or Paddy or McGregor or whatever. Do you think they just, they try harder than everyone else or they're born with something which makes them, in your opinion, they're kind of always going to be that good? Like, do you think you, there's anything you could have done to be like a Conor McGregor or, bad example, I don't like the guy, but, you know, a Khabib or whatever. Yeah. Like a, top, like a household name or whatever. Yeah, I, I think I think that it's mad. A lot of it is just like lucky breaks, a lot of it, but you just got to keep there's people just grinding all the time and there's a lot there's a lot of people who I've seen in the gym who I thought these these could be the next big thing you know they've got everything and they just don't they just disappear yeah. so I think it's a lot about just staying in the game and uh, yeah so in, in my career I think I think I did put the effort in I think maybe I could have just gone down a different path in terms of like I, I chose to be a coach I ended up just coaching people I enjoy coaching people and I think you have to choose, are you going to be a coach or a fighter? Yeah. And I think that I try to be both. And like anything, it's very hard to do two things and be very good at both of them. Yeah. You've got to sort of, so so if if anything, you know, what what I should have done is just being a fighter. Yeah. And and, and maybe I would have had more success. Who knows? And I I think that at the time as well, when I was fighting, it's, it's crazy now. I look, I look at how social media is now and stuff like that, and I'm like, wow, if things were, if things, if social media was like it is now, when I was fight, back when I was eight and oh, like I'd be way more yeah, popular. Yeah. Do you know, it'd be crazy because, you know, just of 
It, it'd be more people would know about what I was doing. Yeah. But at the time when I was 8-0, only the MMA community really knew. It weren't known to like the wider the wider audience. I suppose like, it's a know. fair time to to sort of bring that up. Um, I know we've spoke about it before on previous podcasts and, and in, per, like in person, but um, like how much has the game changed and how important is it nowadays if upcoming fighters are listening to this? Like how important is the social media presence? Because... You know, we've just said there that Paddy's got a $12,000 show, $12,000 win check, basically, for, from the UFC. But he got a million-dollar contract from Barstool Sports as a an influencer, basically, as yeah. a content creator. Like, How important is that as a fighter now? Yeah, I mean, it's super important. And, and people get caught up in this sort of uh, thing on socials where they're like, it's not fair. Like, this guy, why does this guy deserve this fight it happens a lot with like these um so you had the geordie shaw guy aaron chalmers yeah. you know fighting on bellator you, you know you, you're getting these people or you're getting these like uh you're getting these like freak show fights did you tell danny that i've been invited to do that boxing thing no that, this is that, just to interject real quick ah, yeah like, this so th- this is i got it what was what's the name of the is thing it I called box star yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 so that's what they're and doing I'm thinking, yeah. what the f- Come on, man. So James, fuck- James English fought on there, didn't he? That's Jake Quicken did yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, Jake did, yeah. Look, you know who's fighting on I've just seen the card, like the full card of events. Do you know who's on it? Patrice Evra. Fullback, yeah, yeah. Money fullback. God knows why he needs the money, right? But they, that's, I'm thinking, what the fuck are you asking me for? I'm not a fighter. Like, sure. Yeah. It must be the case. That, like, So people like, so imagine somebody who was, say, a young version of you now, right? They must be thinking, what the fuck is... And it's not... It's boxing, right? Yeah. But it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They must be thinking, why... The poor, like, journeymen who were putting, you know, days effort in, they asked some idiot like me to come and box in front of thousands of people. Like, what the Yeah, f- but it's not even journeymen. It's so, like up-and-coming fighters, right? So you imagine, like, a 3 and a fighter or a 4 and a fighter. How much are they going to make on a fight? 500 quid? Yeah, yeah, if not that, a lot, yeah. Like, that's literally how much they get paid to, to turn up to do a show because, there's, like, there's no money at low level. Is that, am I right no, saying no. that, yeah? Yeah, that's it. So it's all, it's all... I think what you were getting at the first place, it's all you've got to play the social media game in order to be yeah not you're not just be good at fighting i guess is what you're trying exactly to say. yeah and, and you can't a lot of i see a lot of people complaining it pisses me off it's like you can't sit there and and, and people moan oh you know i do all this training and i'm you know I'm, I'm really good but this guy's getting this opportunity and it's like you have to work on those other other areas as well you have to you have to put yourself out there Pe- fighting is an entertainment sport so no matter how good you are at fighting, if people don't want to watch you, if people don't buy into watching you fight, then you, you ain't going to sell no tickets. And it's tickets what makes the the fight industry go, go around, like pay-per-views and tickets. If you can if you can sell 100 tickets plus, I can get you any fight that you want because you are putting money in the pr- promoter's pocket. So it's in his interest then to, to look after you and, and get your fights. And that's that's a huge part of it. That's why they call it the fight business. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, yeah, that, it's that's a kind of one, one thing that put, puts me off a bit though is like, especially these days. You know, you um, it's a bad example. I don't want to keep coming back to Conor McGregor, but you know, he did that thing with Mayweather. Yeah. And afterwards, they were like, "Oh, we're rich, baby." So it's kind of, it kind of it's, you can see sometimes. I think again on social media that people don't really hate each other, do they? they no, sometimes they might. Oh yeah. So, so like, sometimes I, I know fighters who genuinely dislike each other, but a lot of time I, I've been backstage and and they've been like, right. You know, fighters, two guys are going to fight and they're like, right, when we weigh in, you push me, but like really push me. And they're like, yeah, 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 sound. You know, and everyone jumps in and kick, everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it just creates that hype. But it's, buzz, it's yeah. not always what you think, but, you know, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is legit and people, people hate each other. Um, but I guess it, you but, it, but I'd fight. say, I'd say, nah, not really. It's different. It, it's, 
it's very easy to punch someone in the face, even if you like them, I think. <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you like me? Yeah. <laughs> Look who's smiling at <laughs> <I> you. Could, <laughs> I could easily punch you both in the face, but... <laughs> and, do him first. <laughs> no, it, I don't know. When, when that's what you do day in, day out, it's not... I don't think it's hard to fight. You know, when you're punching someone, you're not, I'm not thinking, oh, this guy's my friend. I'm, it's just a sport. It's just like playing football I guess against somebody it's just uh, you're just trying to beat them in a competitive match it just happens to be that to win that match you've got to that's, punch them in the that's face that's what I suppose really you've got to be as a professional fighter though is you've got to separate the emotion from the actual I suppose that's what, it. What's probably what makes you a good fighter right if you can be like cold and you yeah, know you, yeah. you're not going to get because I don't want to come back to comedy fights but I saw a little bit of that you know Eddie Hall and uh, yeah, <laughs> and you could see it like the Thor he'd, he'd done a few boxing matches right and he worked on a bit of training so he was just keeping him at distance and Eddie's just going mad and he's trying to wind up this massive hook and I'm thinking that's just because you're mad mate chill out you know yeah that's it I, th I think that was to his detriment I know I watched the documentary when he lifted you know when he lifted that crazy weight but broke the world record or whatever and he said that he had a he had like a mind coach who was making him it was somewhat really bad what he, what he put in his head. He's like, I need to get so... You know, like when people lift cars off like yeah. kids and stuff like that. He's like, I need to be in that frame of mind. He says, so to tap into that, I have to... I think he had to believe that the referee was like doing some bad shit to one of his kids or something. That's, oh, that's right. like what he... That's what he... That's what he taught himself to believe so that he could use that, that rage, energy. you know, to, to give himself that extra, little bit extra to lift what he did so i think that because that had worked for him for that he'd maybe tried to transfer that to thor which doesn't fighting it if you fight with emotion it can go wrong you make a lot of mistakes you need to fight with logic yeah the guy's punching me with his right arm i need to block my left arm it's very logical fighting if you start getting emotional and just thinking, I want to kill this guy and swinging, you just, yeah. you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. So I think and it's... you're going to get uh, penciled. You are going to get penciled, yes. Yeah, where so did that phrase come from? Was it Danny that came from up with the Danny, phrase? Yeah. You yeah. say it all the time and I like it, but, but was it, is, is it... I kind of imagine just somebody knocking a pencil over. Like, <laughs> when you get penciled, it's when you're just like really straight, stiff, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, just fall kinda, like... <laughs> I like that one. That's yeah, good, yeah, isn't it? I'll like fucking that. pencil you later. Pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Got penciled. So, so you're not a fan of? Are you not a fan of the um, celebrity boxing? No, no, I'm not saying that I'm not a fan of it. What I'm saying is a lot of people complain. Oh, that you know they're doing this, but it's like whatever you think about it doesn't matter because these people say, let's think of somebody who's I don't know, let's say. David 504, right? Do you know who David 504 is? No. He's not, a real, he's not a real YouTuber, is he? I've sent you his link before. He's, he's, not a, base, a, real he's a bass player that it's on YouTube. He's got like fucking 10 million subscribers. How many subscribers has he got? Yeah, he's got, I think he's got over 10 million, yeah. Mate, he's wacky. Well, this t tells you how little I know about YouTube. Isn't it? So, I mean, so what does he I do? Know, he, just, he just plays bass guitar and he's got 10 million. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's it, Italian, it, isn't he's, he? He's like, a me he's like a living meme. All right. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> everything he does is like a meme. And uh, so... So imagine him, right? And, and, and then the UFC, like, we want you to fight. Everyone would go fucking crazy. But think how many people... He's got 10 million subscribers on YouTube. Think how many people are going to tune in to watch him fight. Millions of people all over the world are going to watch him fight because he's done the work, but he's not done it in fighting. Yeah. But he's done the work elsewhere. I suppose that's why UFC very rarely get, well, I don't think I have got it. In fact, Dana White was doing an interview. Somebody asked him about Jake Paul. He said, no, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. And that's probably because if he did that, that might make him look a bit 
another promotion might get involved with it, but like UFC is like the, supposed to be the best. Yeah, of the like best. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it but tends to be it. Bellator who get in like yeah, you know, like your Kimbo slices and your people are like your more freak show fights. I mean, Pride back in the day in Japan used to do all the the biggest freak show fights, getting like mad sumo wrestlers or they just get the tallest, who's the tallest athlete in the world, what's he called? Uh, Hongman Choi. They got him in and just got someone to fight him, you know, just run, let's get the heaviest guy, let's yeah. get whoever, you know. So there's a lot of that happening now, but all these people who are fighting, number one, they're putting their life on the line. I mean, they could, you don't know what can happen, they could get hit and they could die. Yeah, so, especially people that don't know how to fight. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then, but these have built up, even though, you, you know, you train all your life, you're a fighter, you know, and you're pissed off because these people are getting these opportunities. They've still done the work, not in fighting, but yeah. they have done the work somehow, you know, they've built up, you know, they've got all this following and it's like fair play to them if they want to cash in on that, on that following. And, and, and it does in a roundabout way, it does bring more, the more people watch the sport, so say there's somebody off Geordie Shore fighting, you know, you're going to get people who don't normally watch MMA or, or boxing or whatever, watching that event to see that. They'll see other fighters and all them pay-per-views, all them clicks, that money is going to get shared yeah. among all those people. So the more of these freak show fights happen, even though, you know, a lot of it's shit and we don't want to see it, it is bringing eyes and money into the sport and that does filter down to everyone. So... It's one of them, like, people need to just stop complaining about it and just... It's quite refreshing. I didn't expect you to say that. I thought yeah. you were going to... Because I hate... See, 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 I don't even follow the sport, really, and I hate it, seeing them. Yeah. So. Like, if you're a purist, like, these guys aren't real fighters and that. It's like, yeah, but it's not about that. It's like it's like WWE, like, people still pay to watch that. It's fucking hell, they get paid more doing WWE than they do doing fucking in the UFC. Yeah. And it's fake. It's not real. But they're still... Athletes are still... You know, yeah. they're still putting it on the line there. I'm just training super hard, you know. It's like, and all, all these people, who, like it's like uh, these people on this box star or whatever, they all train really hard for that. They, they wanted to win a fight, you know. They might not be very good. The skill level might be low, but they've got loads of people. They've got a big following and they train really hard and they're going to fight, so. I'd, I'd, I think, I'd, like, if I had done it, I'd have been committed. I'd trained properly for it because I'm dedicated in, you know, physical disciplines. I just probably still get chinned you know yeah you, you want to win don't yeah you? i mean what you, you mean yeah you, I, no, get, you're supposed to know i mean you're not gonna get chinned you gotta chinned. think about chinned. it it goes back to what you said though like you will you literally put your life on the line it's not i'm putting yeah. your jaw on the line i'm your nose on the line it's like i'm literally putting my life on the line i can't for me i can't fathom why these influential people that have built up a career outside of fighting are then going tell you what i'm gonna start fighting because if they're earning money elsewhere like fighters fight because they enjoy fighting but they also want to get the conor mcgregor payday yeah if, if you've got the money, why would you put your health at risk to such an extent? Which leads on to like uh, the, the health implications of fighting. So I wanted to talk about um, sort of brain trauma and things that are, that's in fighting, that's in yeah. boxing. Um, so, well, let's talk initially about your career because that's pretty much the start of the end, isn't it really? Like it yeah. derailed and it wasn't from fighting. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so obviously... I think it's an accumulation. It's not like this one event that saw like, this is just like the icing on the cake. But obviously, over the years, I'm I'm getting hit in the head a lot, and uh, you know I've been I've been hitting fights, but you know over you know a hundred fights, I've only been knocked out maybe like actually unconscious twice. So, but I've been hitting the head and inspiring as well. I've been hit so many times. So I think that's what it is. It's that accumulation, inspiring and training. So it's all these fights added up. And then uh, I was in Thailand, yeah, on a scooter, 
you know, whizzing round and I've flown off this scooter and my head just went straight into a steel like post at the side. I flew over like the barrier at the side of the road. Luckily the post hit my head because if I didn't hit that, I would have gone down a cliff. So my head hit this post and then I can't really remember much after that, but that was a month before a fight. You, you wouldn't know. You still got a nice head. So Well, yeah. You had a helmet on, did I you? I did have an helmet on, but it did crack it. A bike helmet, yeah. So that was a month before cr- a fight? Yeah. Did you went, and it was a fight you went on to do? Yeah, so I went and I did the fight. <laughs> I shouldn't have done the fight. I, I got knocked out. Like I literally, the guy took me down. I tried to choke him. He popped his head out and he hit me with like one little shot. And I was out. I just went unconscious. The fight got stopped. Um, it wasn't like a big brutal knockout where he's like pounding me head in. It was just like a little shot, boom, I was gone. Well, I, so from the ac- the bike accident to that point, I'd not sparred. I'd not been hit in the head because I, I knew that something weren't right. I'm like, right, I need to be very smart and try to not get hit. So I got hit in the fight and then I can just remember being backstage, looking at my hands, my hands are wrapped. And I'm like, fuck, I better start warming up. And I started to like loosen off, bit of shadow boxing and that. And then uh, Jay comes in and he's like, oh, unlucky, mate. I'm like, fucking hell, I've had a fight. Shit, it's already happened. And I, I, I didn't even know, didn't even know it happened. Mad. Yeah. Did you Did you say to Jay that you thought you had a fight or did you just, did you not say, oh? I can't really remember. Right. I can't remember. It. I'm not sure at that point. I, I think I just kept asking him like, what happened? Like, and you know, he kept going over it. And, and now... I can't remember what happened from my own memory, but I've watched it and people have spoke to me and I, I understand now what happened. But yeah, it was just a bit of a weird, you know, but, but that feeling lasted for ages. I, but I'd been knocked out previously to that. So the fight before that, before the Thailand accident or whatever, I thought like Jake Boswick and he's just a big heavy puncher. Uh, and he hit me with an over on right. It's probably the hardest I've ever been hit. And he hit me, it would have knocked an horse out, you know. <laughs> and I hit the deck and I managed, I hit the deck and then I recovered. Once I hit the deck, I kind of woke up and I'm like, fucking hell. But I was, I was not, I was out. And then I, me, my edit in the floor woke me back up. And then they stopped the fight and, you know, fair enough, whatever. So that was the first proper, like I've been dropped before that. But that was the first time I'd been like unconscious and like me, like I knew I'd been unconscious, you know what I mean? So then I had the bike accident and then I, the other fight where I got knocked out again. And then after that, yeah, I saw. I knew that something weren't right, and it seemed to that feeling of like, it's like a weird feeling, almost like a deja vu feeling, but just constantly. Yeah. So I'm constantly thinking, has this happened before? Like, what you know, what is happening here? Oh. And it's like that bit of confusion that just lasted for months. And I'm like, yeah, this summer. This that summer must be right terrifying. Here. That. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had brain scans and stuff and uh, the the brain scan was actually clear. I thought there's going to be something on this scan, but there's like, listen, the brain scan's clear, but, you know, from what from what we can, what we can guess, basically everything's just a guess. Uh, you know, when you talk, start talking about like CTE and stuff like that, what all these American footballers have, because they can't see, they can't see it until you're dead, basically. Yeah. They cut your brain open and they can see this protein called tau inside your brain. So they're like, listen, we, you know, we all we can do is say what you're experiencing probably isn't going to get better. You know, don't ever get it again is our advice. And I'm like, all right. So uh, I took I took a long time off sparring and training and stuff. I did have a couple of fights. I, I had two two fights and I had uh, 
I had a bare knuckle boxing fight, which is not always the best, <laughs> best, best idea. And I had a boxing fight, but you know, the opponents weren't that great and it was just a kind of a way to get back in there and, you know, just see, see how I was doing. Um, and then again, I took loads of time off and then recently, so last month, so, so I've always had this thing in my head, like I need to fight again. You know, I need to have like one big more, you know, a big, a, a proper big fight. Um, you know, because like I said, I'd had a couple of, after this accident, I had a couple of fights, but there were, the, the, the opponents weren't great. It were kind of just to get me back in there, sell a few tickets and just, you know, keep me busy. But I'm like, I want a big fight. I want like a proper fight, you know. And I got offered a fight in Poland. So it was, uh, they were like, yeah, you can come over here. It's bare knuckle. Uh, bare knuckle MMA like Valley Tudo so you can you know kick him in the head when I'm on the ground everything it's like like a street fight basically and there's a lot of these shows happening in Eastern Europe there's another one called King of the Street which is the same but it's in like it's on concrete and uh, it's the, you, can you, you can imagine Jesus Christ I googled Valley Tudo yeah because you told me uh, Danny had it tattooed his knuckles yeah yeah and you're allowed like eye gouges and stuff, aren't you? Yeah, it's, and, like fish it, hooking. Yeah, it's it's just basically anything goes. Yeah, so <laughs> so in the, so in the King of the Streets tournament, um, th- that's what they, they they say. You can poke in the eyes, you can do all this stuff, but it's like a gentleman's agreement that you won't do that. But <laughs> but if you feel like, yeah, it, quick they, they even on that King of the Streets one, they even take and bite. You can bite as well. But I'd be decent at that. But it's like I'd be good at that. It's like my signature move. Yeah, just biting his dick off because that's all you can reach. What's he doing, dicks, man? Sorry, go on, Danny. It's the most nutritious part, isn't it? So, yeah, I was going to do that. That, that was, So in my head, I'm like, let's do it. This is the, you know, I could fight some fucking, some bum locally and, you know, make some money or whatever, but I'm like, nah, let's 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 go, go into the lion's den, go to another country, fight some roided up beast and, you know, with no rules and win, lose or draw. You know, I did it. I, I went and did it. And so I'm like, right. I thought I'll spar and just see, you know, I haven't sparred for like three years. I thought I'll just do some light rounds, see how I feel. So I did three rounds and uh, I felt all right. Got home and I'm just like, well, as I'm driving home, I'm like confused instantly. Like, uh, you know, just, just cloudy. Just thinking like, where am I going? What am I doing today? Like, and yeah, it just got progressively worse. I just got like bad headache and I'm just, just, just like a state of confusion all day. I'm like, fucking hell. And I said to my missus, I'm like, do not let me fight. Like, that's it now. Like, just just don't let me do it. Because the only thing that's driving me is my ego telling me you need to almost prove to other people. Because now we're in, like like I was saying before, we're, we're in like a new age of like social media and stuff. And I sort of missed out on a lot of that with my yeah. career. So it's almost like I feel like I need to prove to others, like, you know, this is what I can do. This is what I did back then, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just my ego wanting to do that. Was, so. that, was that hard then, just to kind of fa- say, right, I'm not, I can't do it. Yeah, so I, it felt almost good at that at that one moment when I realised that I'm never going to fight again. I was like, yeah, that's it, I'm done. And I thought, yeah, that it, that's it. It's, I don't have to like think a about relief. it. Yeah, almost like a relief. I just said to Jade, I'm like, listen, just don't let me fight. You know, don't let me do it. That's it. Must be um, difficult. Though. You get point. Not I'm not, not trying to encourage you to get back to it, but you have moments where you think, "Oh man, I'd love to just go." Oh yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Like at, at, the, at the weekend, we had the show. Um, everyone's fighting and stuff, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Ah oh, shit!" Like I could be doing this, but yeah, in the back of my mind, I just I just know that I've been there, I've done it, and 
you know, the people who were there and saw me and, you know, witnessed, witnessed it at the time, they saw it and that's it. I don't need to, I don't need to prove anything to anyone else now. Like I know what I can and can't do. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people get hung up over like uh, when they lose fights, they want, they say, oh, I want to rematch him. And I see that a lot. And I've always sort of thought like everybody who I've lost to, like I always know in my own mind if really I, I could beat him or not. You know, I'll fight someone. It's like Gunnar Nelson, I fought him. And then afterwards, like, oh, you know what? You should have done this. Why didn't you do this? You could beat him if you did this. And in my head, I thought, nah, I can't. I don't think I can beat him. Like I thought, as a realist, like I don't think I'd be able to beat him. I think that his skill set. That's good, that, isn't that's, it? Like self awareness. There, I was gonna say that's, that's really uncommon because, like, I, yeah. not that it's the same. I don't want to again make com- comparisons to competitive eating, but when I do contests, people be like, "Oh, you could beat Joey Chestnut." Oh, by the way, you won't know, but he's like the best competitive eater in the world, right? I know like what, what what where I'm happy with, you know, like in competing and stuff, because I know like I don't have the ability to be like I I, I don't have what it takes to train all that day. Uh, you know, every, all day, every day to be good at eating. I wouldn't do that if, it, if I was good at something that people respect, like MMA or boxing <laughs> or whatever, you know? Um, so, it's, but I think that's quite rare. You don't often see people like that. No. Most people in any kind of sport or any kind of prof- um, competitive endeavor think, oh, you know, I could do that. I could do that if I tried that. Or, you know, or they'll offer up excuse and whatnot. So to be self-aware, like that's quite refreshing. Had you, uh, when you were sort of getting into fighting, had you considered the injury part? Or even sorry, sort of brain injury because it's like it's only recently that people you hear boxers back in the day getting punch drunk and people don't even consider people like it's like a phrase. Oh, he's punch drunk. He's slurring his words. Like they don't think what that actually means. It's yeah. like oh, he's punch drunk. Had you considered that coming up? I'd not. No, no, no. It's only now, and I do, I do find myself like stuttering. I right. do stutter. Sometimes I, I stutter and I can't get like the words out and I've never been like that. It's only in recent times that that started wow. happening. Yeah. So it definitely does. It's going to affect you. All I would say is if you're worried about anything like that, just don't ever fight because that is what is going to happen eventually to all of us in the end. You know, if you fight for long enough, you get hit for long enough. Uh, unfortunately, that's the game we're in. So I think that's, we've talked about that before, not, not in the same context, but a, a lot of sportsmen, any kind of sport you do, there's a physical risk there. And sometimes but it's in, like... In eating loads of food, like, sure, yeah. that's like your insides are fucking... Do you have, like, yeah. medical checkups or anything like yeah. that? Yeah, no, I, I do. But, like, what I do now, like, when it comes to, like, uh, just filming videos where it's, like, me and Josh eating some pancakes or, I mean, you know, just doing some daft food challenge. We should do one together, but you can eat. But cheesecake. But, um, <laughs> that's not. But if you do contests, that is yeah. really, really dangerous. So not a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Right? That's why yeah. I'm, like, thinking about... It's not the same, but like I keep talking to you about getting back in a contest. Yeah. But the shape you have to be in to eat that well is so hard to get to, I'm, and you have to put yourself through so much. I'm like, I, I don't want to yeah. do that. You P- know, people just see you and think, oh, this guy can eat a lot, but it's there it is a lot of preparation. Training, because I mean, like you've said before about the chances of uh, choking is obviously massive in what you do. Yeah. And people have choked and died on stage. Those that have not trained like if danny just me and danny rocked up and we're like oh, let's do this hot dog eating contest yeah you're gonna uh, yeah we could high chance was like well choking. you were at navy so you'd be good at like swallowing hot dogs <laughs> <wouldn't you? laughs> it's funny you mention that because the contest i want to go back and do is the world sausage eating championship <laughs> which i think would be is it in germany by any chance it's not nice no, it's oh. in america which you could predictably uh, <laughs> assume but um yeah no to get but I, I it's, it's really tough for me because I'm, I'm like i, I love competing you know and in what I do, I did really well for for yeah. an underdog. People thought was, wasn't going to do well to be ranked like 11th in the world, even if it's something daft like eating. Yeah. I, but I know how much effort it took to get to that level. 
So like, even though I'm, and I, th- I said to you before, right? Like, I think I've kind of done everything that I know I can't beat Joey Chestnut. And the fact that I beat Matt Stone in the contest was, that was kind of like my ultimate scalp. So now yeah. I've done yeah. that. It's kind of killed the hunger a bit, but I'd love to get back into it. But yeah, yeah it's dangerous. It. You've got, you've got to know, like, it's like when I look at MMA now, all these young up and comers, the beast, you know what I mean? And it's like, I can't compete on their level now because the the young, the fit, they've got everything they need. You know, it's like, I can, again, I can teach them what I learned in 10 years, in one year. So it's like, they've got all these advantages and it's like, it's a new, it's a new era almost. Yeah. But, I see, like you are one of like the OGs of, of British MMA, aren't you? Like you're one of the first people that brought it up. You know, you came up the same similar time as Dan Hardy or like these household names that everyone knows. Yeah, it was just a little bit before me, but yeah. Um, yeah, mad. And, and all the the eating stuff is a big part of it, like cutting weight and, you know, it, that, that is a big danger in MMA. It's like the weight cutting and the extreme dieting and stuff like that. And it, I think all most fighters, we've all got like eating disorders. I, I ended up, I was actually going to make a channel years ago i don't know if you know this it popped up on my memory so this is this will have been 10 years ago and i was gonna call it dan versus food <laughs> yeah man yeah. i would have subscribed to that yeah and and, and the, the premise of it was and i did one i did one of them right so obviously a pro mma fight is three five minute rounds so the, the premise of it was is every week or every month it was going to be three five minute rounds i could only drink water in the one minute rest like a fight and then it was in those three, five minute rounds, like, you know, pick something. I've got to eat as many as you can. So we did it in the gym. And we Steel's actually, idea. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did um, Reese's Cups. So I loved Reese's Cups yep. at the time. So I got Reese's Cups. So we got like, we got like a hundred of them and we started the clock. So it's five minutes, eat as many as I can. No water during the five minutes, minute water break and then go again. So we did three fives. I think I did, I did around 50 and it was, it was tough. And I felt like fucking death after, <laughs> um, but I did it. And then, and then I, th- I thought, I just thought, I don't really want to do this every month because. <laughs> it, it, Welcome it, to yeah, my world. Yeah, this guy yeah. twice a week. And then, uh, yeah, I thought he'd put me off Reese's Cups, but it didn't actually. I, the next day, I went and ate some more. Uh, but yeah, it was. And then at the time as well, we, we was training. We was near the we near Krispy Kreme and Bristol, so. I had this other challenge. So, so we made Rico just eat 12. We're like, we sat at a table like Rico, eat them 12 donuts. And he was just like, all right. And he just ate them all. And it was just like, right, how can we make this tougher? So th- we was going to do uh, a thing where I can't remember. We had a time limit. It never ended up happening, but this was going to be a video where we was going to run one mile. We're going to get dropped off a mile away from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so we're going to run one mile to Krispy Kreme, <laughs> eat 12 donuts and then run a mile back. We're going to call it the Sugar Rush Challenge. Now, you've put some thought into this, guy. I'm going to hire you as a I consultant. He's a good idea. Smart guy. That exists, though, in the, you know, in America. They do the Krispy Kreme Marathon, don't they? Oh, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's a half marathon. Your mate Adam Richmond did it, did he? Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, did, yeah. Is it, did they get a donut every, every mile, mile or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It might, they might have used it. Now, the format is probably because they realized that was really unsafe. Is a, um, you run, you can, you can do the, the, you can do the donuts when you want, but you have to do a dozen donuts, I think, but you have to complete a half marathon, and most people, do the marathon, then eat the donuts at the end. Yeah. I bet that's hard. I, I don't know how I'd want to yeah. play. I, mean, I, might, I might have a couple in between, you know, it's just a bit of a... Nah, man, not when you're running. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't do the running. Of, I'd be all right with the eating, but yeah. I'd be done with the running. Yeah, yeah so so that, that were like, fighters, that's what we're like. You know, you, you diet hard, you make weight, and then you just, 
eat shit and uh, enjoy yourself. You blow up in weight and then you come back come back down hard again. And that's part of what makes kind of Paddy 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 the Baddy's uh, shtick so so appealing, isn't it? As well, because he, he kind of fully embraces that he gets fat as shit between fights. And then Ricky Hatton used to do it. Yeah, R- Ricky Hatton's the classic one, isn't he? Just blowing up, getting massive, and then <laughs> cutting all the way back down. Do you think the uh, hype around Paddy the Baddy is real? What's your take, your hot take? Yeah, I mean, is that, it's not like it's a new thing in the UK. So Paddy was selling out yeah. like the Echo Arena for Cage Warriors, like selling thou- personally selling thousands of tickets. You know, so he, he's he's just made for it, isn't he? He's got the audience, you know, he can talk. He's got that, you know, he's just another, another scouser in there, you know, giving it all that. So pe- people love it. He is like, you know, it's like the new McGregor. And I think the UFC really want him to be the new McGregor, the new McGregor don't they? They, they want, they want that. So, uh, yeah. I I, think. I post, we were talking about this before. Like when you, you fought the, whenever it was like last weekend or the weekend before yeah. week, I bet, I bet against him. I bet a tenner against him. <laughs> even though I know nothing about it. I, I secretly yeah. kind of wanted to get him to get smooshed because he, he t- we were going to do like a calorie challenge, weren't we? And he kind of went cold on us. It went so, like, like it went far as well. Like I would DM him back and forth with Paddy because yeah. Paddy were looking for a videographer and then he wanted to do his calorie challenge and then we got Adam involved and it, like, it went far. Then I think he, got his, he, get, he always gets his account shut down. So like... Yeah. Then, he got the thing with Barstool Sports in it, which yeah. I, from what I know about networks and stuff, he'll be like on an exclusive only film stuff with us. So we, we kind of, they kind of gazumped us, I think. But that yeah. would have been a... Because people keep asking me to do videos with him. I could fucking eat him under it. I probably, I, I, uh, what was that funny movie you told Twister. me? Like, tw- I'll fucking twist your ass, Paddy. Come on, lad, I'll fucking sort you out, please. <laughs> George, clip that, man. Get it on Twitter quick. <laughs> back, back to weight cutting then. Um, what's what's your views on the, the weight classes of weight cutting? Because um, it, it obviously can get quite dangerous, can't it? Yeah, so it's it's more prevalent now. I mean, I used to I, I used to do like I don't know twenty pounds in a weight cut or whatever, it, and it was part of the sport. It were almost like a it's almost like a tough man thing. Like how many how many pounds did you cut? Oh, I only cut ten. Oh well, I did twenty. You know, it's kind of that. It's, again, it's down to ego. When really everybody should be fighting much closer to their to their weight that they're training at. Because, you know, for performance benefits and you just don't want to be depleting yourself that much. The advantages are just, yeah, they're just so slim, you know. How's it working, Danny? Because I know you got, I don't know what the timings are, but I know you got a cut off for a fight, right? You weigh in yeah. and then you can gain and basically then you, as much. You've got about 36 hours then between a weigh-in and an actual fight, you got about 36 hours. What kind of stuff are you eating then? I, 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 I kind of get, I think probably everyone understands how the, I know you deplete water, which probably people won't be familiar with. Yeah. But, um, when you, so when you've cut on everything, you cut all your weight, what, what do you do in the time between, you know, when you weigh in and then the fight yeah, time? So, so the first thing is obviously if you, if you've depleted water, water is the first thing you need to put back in. So lots of water, electrolytes, get that back in first. So, so spend, spend the, the first block of, of the, you know, re- rehydrating. Uh, and then I'll, what I used to do is I'd have like liquidy carbs. So I'd have like, you know, sports drinks, yogurt, you know, things like that, mush bananas up, stuff like that. So just like anything that's easy to digest yeah, yeah. and then slowly work up to like pasta, you know, and stuff like that. And then put some like good carbs in, sweet yeah. potato. Uh, and then, yeah, usually eat a bit of chocolate or something just on the a end. Bit of cheesecake. But so, some people do go crazy. Like I've had Nico, I once had Nico, one of my fighters, 
So he cut down to flyweight. He's a small guy anyway, but he went down to like 57 kilos. And, uh, and, he, and he struggled a little bit. You know, he, he got to the weight and then we was in a hotel, you know, the night before the fight. So, you know, we, we, we rehydrate, we put some good food in and then he's in his hotel room. I'm in mine. So we're separate, which was a bad idea. So I went in my room and then the next day we got up, you know, and he's like a little bit sluggish or whatever. So I'm trying to get him going. And, you know, he ended up, he fought Neil Seary, who was in the UFC, good fighter. And, and, and he lost, you know, it was a good competitive fight. And I can't remember what, I can't remember how, how he lost the fight, but he lost the fight anyway. And then he, he showed me a picture of what he'd done. He'd gone to his room and he'd just bought like an entire, he, he just brought it with him, like bags of just chocolate and crisps, all his shit. And he, <laughs> he said he just sat up all night just eating that because his weight cut was so drastic. All he could think about was food. So before the fight, he did all this shit. And then, yeah, he, he said he just felt terrible. Like when he was fighting, he wouldn't have got much sleep either because if you're eating chocolate, you could like you, you're not gonna be at sleep well. You know, if you're eating it late at night, especially yeah, all so. the sugar and that. Yeah, and a good night's sleep is gonna be key, isn't it? Before a fight, you would always. I, I know, imagine. yeah. So, so it is. So that that's one way. But yeah, a lot of people um, cutting way too much weight, stripping too much water out. Obviously, stripping the water out is bad for your brain as well. You're getting hit. How do how do you do that? Don't it? Like, we, we, I, I mean, I know how to cut water, but like, what from your perspective? What, how, when does it start? And like, because let's assume you've got you basically got all the fat off. You're gonna get off. Yeah. And then, like, when when you start doing the the water cut, what do you what kind of stuff do you do? So the, it starts a week out now. <laughs> just just bear in mind that I won't advise anyone to do this. No, no, this absolutely is, not. This is, this is this is bad. Like, do not do this. This shouldn't be a thing. We we shouldn't be doing this. Fighters are still doing it. I'd rather people not do it. Um, but if you if you really want to do it, you you start a week out. You start loading on water, so you're putting up to like eight liters in a day. Do you, and you drink that just over the course of the day. Over the course of the course of the day, so you're just constantly pissing. Yeah, yeah. So you just you're just putting that water in, and then 24 hours before you weigh in, you just completely stop and you just fast. So no food, no water. You just completely just cut everything out. So then you, your body's still pissing, your body's still just flushing that water out. You can use some like uh, vitamin C or, um, you know, some diuretics basically to, to help that, you know, start just pissing more out. So you, you literally, your body's just running to zero and then you can couple that by jumping in a sauna, a steam room or getting in a red hot salt bath. Um, the salt bath's the quickest way, but it's the one that hurts the most. Uh, when you so, say it hurts, what's it? What do you mean? Like it's, it just just hurts in every way. So obviously it's red hot, yeah, and it burns, yeah, uh, and then well, it burns. But it's if you're a woman, it don't because I get in our lasses bath and it's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a woman thing, isn't it? They have like fucking red hot baths. I don't know, but for, for me, it burns. But it's just physically and mentally very very hard. You know, but you could you could strip a couple of pounds out in a short amount of time in a bath in a in a sauna or a steam room. It's going to take longer. Yeah. So it's like you can you can lay down in a sauna and you feel pretty shit, but it's going to take longer. So you want to be dehydrated for as least time as possible. Yeah. So the salt bath is kind of the way where you could strip it out really fast. Um. But again, losing weight really fast in water is really bad for you. So don't do it. Um, so yeah, so you do all that and you would, you know, you just get down as low as you can and, uh, you know, keep getting in and out of the bath, in and out of a sauna, keep weighing yourself until you bang on the money. And then that's it. You, you get on the scales, but, um, it's, mad yeah, that, it's, it's not, it's not the, 
it's not the way it should be. I know like one championship are doing the rehydration tests, aren't they? They actually changed the weight divisions, didn't they? So if you if you are a well if you cut to welterweight, you fight at middleweight. Right. So so they changed the the weight divisions a little bit. It must be awful. I imagine if you start cutting weight and maybe you cut too fast and you then got to enjoy enjoy that until the actual weight. And so let's say midnight, you're, you're two pounds away. Yeah. You go, oh, I've gone too hot here. I've got six hours until weighing or yeah. eight hours till that, weighing. That's another thing because, so what you, what you want to do and what most fighters want to do is they want to get it done. So they're like, the night before the weigh-in, they're like, right, I want my weight really down. Whereas really what you should do is wait till the next morning and get it done just before the weigh-in. Yeah. You know, so that you're, you're not asleep, basically dehydrated, because that's going to have a, a, a detrimental effect. But again, doing it really fast in the morning is really bad for you as well. So I don't recommend you do any of that. Some of them look like they're, they're fucking walking corpses, don't they, man? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just said it there, like the uh, the amount of fluid that's on your brain, obviously from being hydrated, is massive. And you look at fighters like Darren Till. Yeah. So Darren Till, when he fought Jorge Masvidal, UFC London a couple of years ago, He's, he just, looked, he's in trouble, isn't he? I, I, I saw on Twitter he just he chinned some other cage fighter outside. Oh, Masvidal, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kobe Covington, yeah. He, uh, he's, he's a bad guy, though, isn't he? Isn't he, he plays the bad guy. Like, well, he's a fighter. You, play the, you reap, the, reap the consequences, don't but you? But Masvidal punched Leon Edwards uh, after the fight, didn't he? After that yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he fought Darren Till, who cut way, way down, so I don't know what he would fight. I don't know what the weight class was, was at, but he, he stepped on the scales looking like a corpse. The day after, got into the fight. I don't think he'd been knocked out until at this point uh, in, in, a, in previous fights. And Jorge Masvidal hit, clipped him and penciled him. Yeah, he literally just went uh, out. Yeah, so that can't be good for you. No, it's not. And it's going it's to catch up with you at some point. So I think that, yeah, things need to change. Um, it, it, it's very hard because if if you say, right, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to I'm just going to fight. You know, I'm, I'm training it this way. I'm only going to cut, you know, two pounds, three pounds. If everybody else doesn't do that, you're now at a disadvantage. So that's that's the that's the problem. It has to be a level playing field, doesn't it? Every either everybody has to do it or it's gonna cause problems. So yeah. um and it's very hard to police that. Even even what they're doing in one championship, they're doing hydration tests and the they're doing all this. people will still be cutting weight. People will still be finding ways around it. I don't you know there'll always be somebody looking for an advantage. You know I've heard yeah. of people taking the blood out and all sorts of fucking crazy oh, wow. shit. I can't believe know? I'm not even surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like take, totally take, a li- take a liter of blood out or whatever, you know. That's a kilo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, then, and then put it back in. It's super dangerous. Like, yeah. Um, it's it's not good. It's not good, especially when you're doing that. I mean, I, I know in pro boxing, what they do is they do a lot of like check weights. So if you're training, they'll just randomly turn up and check your weight. Um, so I think that's that could be a good way. So then, so if you're training and they turn up and your weight is too high for where they think you should be, they could cancel your fight. So I think that's a really good, I think that's some, they do it with USADA, don't they? The USADA yeah, turn up and test, drugs yeah. test you. So why not have USADA, but they weigh you. So they drug test you and they're like, right, get on these scales, right? You're above 10% of your fight weight. You're not fighting, you know, or you need to change weight class. Yeah. And they could fix you in a weight class. Then it's a lot logistically. It's probably not going to happen, but uh, I think that would be cleaning up the sport further. I guess be, is yeah, the, uh, that would be the way. So what's uh, what's next for you then? So you, you you're not fighting anymore, but you're a very accomplished uh, grappler as well as triathlete now. 
So yeah, just playing at playing at the triathlete thing. You know, are you, you <laughs> catch me doing one of those, man? Just like, Mrs. Beer said that to me the other day. She's like, we should do a triathlon. I was like, are you fucking crazy woman? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I, said, I couldn't you do it. You should do a food athlon. You should have like some kind of. I, oh yeah, I could totally do that. Yeah. She's really good at swimming though. Yeah. She'd based me on swimming. You should take her up on that offer. There's some sprint oh, triathlons. There's some, there's some like entry level ones. Yeah. Not a chance, man. Cardio ain't my thing, man. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So yeah, last, last yeah. year, Danny and I, Danny started the triathlon season pretty early, didn't you? You yeah, went, did red yeah. car, which were amazing because Danny is not a, a strong swimmer. And it was in the sea and it was really bad. <laughs> I nearly died. I thought it was, I thought it was going to die like it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm just playing, I'm just playing it. It's just, I, I like the, I like the theory behind triathlon. Like the, you know, you've got three sports and it's like how they, it's basically MMA. Yeah. So MMA is three distinct sports. It's striking, wrestling, and grappling on the ground. And it's how those three sports work with each other that makes MMA what it is. And I yeah. think triathlon, what attracted me to triathlon is it's very similar in terms of how you train. You train each sport separately, but then you have to train the transition between the two sports as well. Yeah. Uh, between the three sports. So then, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very similar. Uh, so yeah, that's what sort of... I think it's beneficial for fighters as well to aid the training. I think that you can I think you can get a lot from that. So that's why I sort of delved into it. I'm never gonna be a triathlete into I won't call myself a triathlete. I'm never I'm never gonna be, you know, trying to compete for, you know, win British championships or anything like that. I'm literally just doing it because I enjoy it and it, I'm just dabbling, you know. If I never do a triathlon again, it won't bother me. It's just literally a, you know, something I'm liking to dabble in. And you're posting more on uh, YouTube now, so you're posting like lots of shorts and stuff, like yeah. instructional MMA. Yeah, things. That, that, I think that for me, that's the that's what I want to do now. Is you know, I've been teaching, I've had different gyms over the years, and I think now it's time, you know, everything I've learned over the years, and it's not like I'm stopping learning now, but I'm just I'm just not on the mat as much. I'm not fully involved, but everything I've everything I've learned over the years, I just want to put it all online, get it all on there, have a, have a big database of techniques and even even not just techniques, even like the concepts behind, you know, training and nutrition and everything that I've learned. I just want to put it all on a site and just that's it. That's like my legacy, if you like. Like people can go to that and just, you know, like the Matrix, they can just download that and that's <laughs> that's my, that's me and they can just take it and that, that I think that's the future uh, for me anyway, I think that's what I want to do. And th that frees me up then to not be on the mats teaching all the time. I can, I want to travel more, you know, I'm 35 now. I want to just travel. I've traveled the world, but fight actually fighting, you know, so I'm, I've been in America, but I had a fight, Yeah. you know, I, I were in Vegas, but I had a fight. So next month I'm off to Vegas just to enjoy Vegas and just nice cheesecake factory. Yeah. But yeah. you're smashing that up. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, everyone go check out. Uh, you just type in Danny Mitchell, Danny Mitchell right? But Danny Mitchell MMA, that's that's YouTube. So and same on Instagram, Danny Mitchell MMA. And I, I'll be trying to update more and, and make it, you know, I'm just filming shitty videos on my phone, but I'm going to try and make it more professional as we go and, you know, build up until, yeah, it's just... It's good, I'm, mate. It's the content that's... I just want to be online only. And I want to be like the Wizard of Oz, you know, like you can't get to me in person. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I like that, man. It's yeah. a good aspiration. That's, that's you as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the relief when you retire as well. I can, I, I can see some similarities there. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is we've put it out to the audience on uh, on our Instagram. We've got yeah. a bunch of questions in as well, which is really good. We didn't say who was coming on. We just said yeah. UFC fighter. 
So everyone's uh, like, oh, you're getting fucking paddy the body. A, <laughs> a lot of people think it's paddy yeah. the body. Unfortunately, it's like, I'm like the, the lowest of the lowest. <laughs> no, we've got one of the OGs, man. Like yeah, you said, exactly. that, that's more entertaining to me. They can make a film out of your life, man. It's like that movie Kickboxer, you know, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. It reminds me of that kind of thing. <laughs> I want dog ball. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, actually, you know what? Like, I, I've got a shirt at home because I love the film, which says... Um, it says like Tong, I don't know why I bought it because I can't fight, right? But it says something like Tong Po's martial arts gym or some shit. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, because it's like a cultural reference. I'm thinking I can't really walk around in that because he rapes a woman in the film, doesn't he? Yeah. So I shouldn't really have that. I should go Matt Mei Ling or something. Mei Ling. Yeah, Mai Lee or something like that. Mai yeah, Lee, yeah. that's it. What yeah. a great film. They remade it with Dave Bautista, but yeah, not, I, I, I yeah. refuse to watch it just because you nah. can't beat the original. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, no, actually, we've got some questions. The bunch come in, so I'm just going to fly, I'm gonna try fly yeah. through them. Yeah. Um, so James McClaw, I'm assuming it is, uh, what's the most weight they had to cut and what was the diet like? So we've briefly touched on it, but like, what's yeah. the most weight? Um, probably, it, talking time frames, probably 20 pounds in one week. And my diet at the time was, I'd get a tin of tuna. So I ate three times a day. The meal was the same every meal. It was a tin of tuna and I got a bag of, uh, a bag of spinach and I ate the tuna with the spinach leaves <laughs> that was it's it rancid. man that I was think it. my diet's bad like on you know when I'm deprived but that's that's a different level 20 yeah. pounds a week's hard that was I could it. probably do it but I don't I, it, it, it was 10 for money a lot it was like 10 pounds on the day I did I did 10 pounds from the Monday to like the Thursday and then Thursday night to Friday morning was the other 10 just on that it's just it's Weirdly sprung up in my mind. Have you ever suffered from erectile dysfunction whilst um, <laughs> cutting weight? Yeah. So you, yes. When you when you're depleting yourself like that, you don't you not even you, your body can't even think about anything like that. You know what I mean? Like your dick is literally shoving up and going inside. It's like but I like to call it battle mode. Yeah, your, your dick is in battle mode. So there, there's one there's just there's one funny one funny thing that I remember. So when I was when I was fighting in Sweden, there was a guy. It was uh, used to be the pride uh, lightweight. <laughs> world champion Joachim Hellboy Hansen is called he's a sick fighter if you're a young fighter and you've you know you've never heard of him you know check him out he's an absolute beast uh, and he was one of my heroes back in the day and he happened to be fighting on the same card the first time I was in Sweden so I remember I was in the sauna with him and we're all talking and stuff and uh, you know I crawl out of the sauna I get on the scales I'm fully naked at this point I'm just like looking down my dick's just like shriveled up inside me, you know. I'm just like, need to get these last few pounds off. I'm like trying to squeeze piss out of my flaccid penis. <laughs> and uh, it's just like treacle coming out, you know what I mean? And then there's just this funny moment where I'm looking down at the scales and then, and then Hellboy just like, his head just pops up like between my legs. He's like right, he's like heads over the numbers of the scales and he just looks up and he's like, yeah, only one more kilo to go. And his head's just like, like, like my, my shriveled dick's just there and then Hellboy's head's just there and I'm like, this is fucked up. This is like so weird. Oh man, it's class. <laughs> I love that. That's how funny is that? All I could picture then, if you see where Joe Rogan has Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan tunes where they make a cartoon out of yeah, it. Yeah. I want, if anybody, and I, like I plead anybody that's listening or watching is, is a, some, some form of animator. Can you turn that into an animation? Because that would be incredible, wouldn't it? Oh man, I thought yes, you were going to like say, and his head popped between my legs and went, ah yes, uh -huh. your penis is in battle mode. <laughs> 
Nah, he was just coming on, on my weight, but yeah. Uh, he, uh, nobody gives a... F- you know, when you get to that stage, you know, like now, if I said, right, get undressed, get on them scales, you'd be like, ooh, a bit weird. But you know, when, you, when you've cut that much weight, you just don't care anymore. You're just like, I just want to wait. You just stood there naked. You're like, you don't care that you got a small dick. You're just like, <laughs> I just want to fucking weigh in. Like, I just, I just need fucking moisture back in my body. Oh, that's... That's it. I want to end on that's that. No more questions. That was, good, that was a good clip. <laughs> Dylan Petz has said, uh, who is better in their prime, GSP or Anderson Silva? Ah, good question. I, I think if I had to pick between the two, I'd still say GSP is the GOAT. Silva were more exciting, um, but I just think GSP was the master of technique, the master tactician. So I would go... If if you're playing safe, I would say GSP. Both in the prime, GSP is is the winner in that for me. Nath Picking from our gym. Uh, Top five things you'd change if you could restart your career. Top five? Fucking hell. Give them them three. That's a a lot of things. Um, Restart my career is not coach. This is if I wanted to like really... It's not that that I would want to do this, but if I wanted to be even more successful. I, I wouldn't coach. I would probably move to America or Russia or somewhere where there's lots of wrestling. Maybe not Russia. Just, just to, yeah. I mean, oh, if yeah. it were right, if Currently. it were present there, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, this is back then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd probably move, move away. I'll move to Thailand, something like that. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty big things. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. That's it, really. There's, yeah. there's not, there's not much else not I would many. change. They're like the, they're like the main things. There's, there's little things you could do, you know, training with certain people. You know, my, my, my diet and my strength and conditioning were always. I always hated. I hated dieting and I hated lifting weights. So I'd probably change. I've got a question on that. Actually, if you allow me a question at the end, yeah. no, I won't do it now. I'll wait until the end. No, get, get through those now. But right. the, the, the audience is more important than me. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, so I've had to skip through a couple because we've already covered them. Yeah, uh, it is a, like this is important. Uh, Sam Downs, 18, has asked, who would win, Beard or Josh? Oh, right. There's only one way we can find out. Fight! Fight! All I'm yeah. saying is... Harry Hill moment. All I'm saying is I've got more muscle mass. You have to concede that. You are a lot, lot taller, you have more reach, and the key factor, you actually have some kind of fight experience. I once got into one, a fight on a golf course and dislocated my own shoulder <laughs> temporarily by missing punching a guy. That's 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 how bad I am, I think, at fighting. It, I, I wasn't the aggressor. I was trying to defend myself, but on a golf course of all places. Yeah, weird place to dis- dislocate your shoulder. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that full story a different time. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it, and he's like, with most people who have done any form of martial art, not, not any form of martial art. So say if somebody's done six months of grappling. So Josh, is a blue, you're a blue belt now. You've grappled on and off for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years now, yeah. So... You would if you're just a guy sat at home and you're thinking who would win at a, that I would put money on the person who's done grappling will win, just because I see it every day in the gym. I see people come in the gym, the jack, they've been in the gym, they've been lifting. This is the funniest thing people say to me: they're like, I've been training to start MMA, right? <laughs> or to start gra- I've been training in the gym for two years or one year, whatever, so I could start grappling and i'm like well that's a bit backwards because you get better at grappling by actually doing grappling like people think lifting weights and doing fitness is gonna translate like they can come in and be better it's like oh i'm i'm not gonna train till i get fit and it's like no 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 you you train and you get fit by doing the training 
because yeah. you can't get fit at something without doing it. It's like swimming. You can't, uh, you, you know, if you're not swimming, you can't get better at it by doing stuff outside of swimming. Swimming's like one of the yeah. ones. So, so, there is crossover between other stuff, but swimming's one of the ones where you just can't physically do it, can you, outside the fucking pool? So in summary, Josh would win. You know what my tactic would be to just try the, the Masvidal thing and just run and fly in near you like it's that Ben, ben Askren guy. I <laughs> hope I can guy jump that high. <laughs> Get I, out. Well, yeah, jump, jump up and kick you in the shin. Anyway, yeah. next question. All right, you'd win. I uh, concede you probably would. Andy McGrath has asked, how many rounds of five-year-olds could you beat in a fight and the number of kids increases every round? <laughs> so I suppose we need to add to that. I guess like, yeah, all right, yeah. How many, how many yeah, five? Yeah, fucking loads of smash. <laughs> smash fuck out of them. Oh, oh, weird question. Where's again, like a bunch that have already talked about like cutting weight. Uh, why, why do you fight a normal weight? Um, <laughs> right. Starting 15 has asked, tickling as a tactic, discuss. Uh, yeah, weird one. Weird one, this. We actually spoke about this in mo this morning at the gym. <laughs> so so, so two guys were grappling this morning and just, just joking one of them, oh, I went to tickle the other one. It was a bit, bit weird, bit... You know I mean? But anyway, they were like, oh, can, can you do that in, in like a fight or whatever? And I'm like, well, yeah, but there's nothing against it, but it just don't work. Yeah, in that kind of... I'm not tickling. Yeah, in, in, that, in that environment, if someone starts tickling you, it don't really work. Tickling's like, I don't know. It was when you'd be smashed in the fucking head. Like That's it. When, when, like... when you're in fight mode, you know, your dick's in battle mode and you fucking <laughs> boom. You, it just doesn't work. Just just like tickling. It's like this bullshit fucking like um, pressure point shit. People are like, oh no, this guy's showing me this pressure point and if you grab me here and I press this. And it's like, yeah, if somebody just grabs you and you stick your fingers in the neck, they'll probably let go. But if we're in a fight and I'm going fucking crate back shit crazy, punching your head in, you stick your fingers in my fucking eye or whatever, I'm just going to go even more mental on you. Yeah. So yeah, same for like tickling and weird stuff like that. Yeah, it's... Uh, do you know what? Just, oh man, I, don't, I shouldn't say this, but we were watching, <laughs> when we were watching the paddy, whatever card he was on. You were, I, London. The, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's weird that they call them numbers, don't they? Like UFC 362 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, this is where her, her head's at. She's watching one of, it wasn't the paddy one, it was maybe the one before. She's like, can you stick, I think what I'd do is I'd stick my finger in their bum. Can you do that? And I'm like, no, I don't think you can do, maybe you can do it. Class does fish hooking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought, why would you stick your finger in the... I mean, I wouldn't like it, but it, if you're in, if you're grappling and somebody fingered my bum, I'd just be thinking that's kind of gross. But I'm gonna hang on anyway because if, if, if I let go, then yeah, I'm gonna lose anyway. Yeah, so, so that's illegal, is it? Maybe that's a tactic when you used to fight. You know, she would definitely use that as, a, as she does weird stuff like that. Yeah, we won't get into that though. Yeah, that's for another that's for another day. <laughs> uh, right. So Danny V uh, DB Seven has asked: Was Ronda Rousey uh, the pioneer of women's UFC becoming popular? Yeah, hundred percent. I think so. Yeah, she's the only person that can, she was in like Expendables, wasn't she? That's yeah, how I yeah. Kind of she she smashed it. Now she's getting paid loads more in the WWE than she she ever did from the UFC. Um, yeah, yeah. She was a pioneer. People people loved it. I think it brought a lot of women into the sport. So uh, we've got a couple of questions from R. Jansen uh, and someone else just asking about the current situation with uh, Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington. So fighting outside of. Yeah. of the ring what's your what's your hot take on that uh i don't really have a take on it it's just sometimes it does overspill you know fights do overspill into the into the public arena i mean as long as it, it, the problem with like fighting on the street and fighting outside of that is when other people get hurt and stuff i have no problem with two people you know if you've two 
have got genuine beef and you want to fight each other, then, you know, get in there and fight and, and that's it. So, yeah, I, I think the, the bad thing about it is just when other people are getting, like, drawn into it and stuff like that. So if two people want to fight, whether it's in the street or... You know, no wherever. protection either, right? Just, if he's just cold cocks some pub, even if he's a UFC fighter, just run, I, I don't see any footage of it. What if he runs up behind him, knocks him out? I think no that's, paramedics there. Yeah. People are saying that. People are saying that that's kind of what happened recently. Like he were, it, it was their hood up, face mask on, clocked him from side. Yeah, so three <laughs> pieces of soda. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's not good. Like I say, this shit does overspill, and <laughs> yeah, like street fighting is dangerous. People people can get badly hurt and stuff but it's a slight tangent but relevant i listened to uh jack mate on the uh stephen bartlett podcast this morning and his dad was uh sent down for manslaughter for for uh, like essentially fighting in a bar as a young young man and punched somebody knocked him down and they died yeah that's what happened in conair second con well actually not second Put conair the barney back in the box <laughs> We were talking about Conair earlier. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Poe. But it's mad how often that happens. Like people that don't know how to fight or maybe not throw a punch and they're just hitting somebody from the side and consequences are real, man. Like it, yeah. it happens. Um, don't fight kids. I'm a pacifist. I didn't yeah. want to do this don't, podcast. Don't fight, yeah. IBD Liam has asked, uh, Darren Till going to take over again, question mark, with his uh, smash brother, Hamzat Chimaev. Yeah, he's doing the right thing, isn't he? He's, 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 he's gone and trained with him. He's working on his weaknesses. So, you know, I don't see why not. There's, uh, he's adapting and he's trying to evolve. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. The proof's in the pudding, isn't he? He's got to get in there and fight and uh, and, and show us them improvements. So, but he's, he's doing he's doing all the right stuff. He's, you know, going to the right people and, and working on them weaknesses. So that's all he can do, isn't it? Uh, hot, hot, hot. Uh, I wonder if it's their prospect, very popular uh, grappler, Owen Livesey has asked, is that how you pronounce his last name? Livesey. Livesey, is yeah. it? Uh, has anyone ever uh, tried to dojo storm you? Can you explain what dojo storming is and then has anyone tried to do that? Yeah, so dojo storming is basically when somebody busts into your gym and just challenges the, the coach or whatever. So the, 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 the <laughs> and uh, like yeah. Like a karate kid. Yeah. Like but, Cobra Kai rock up when they're like, look, I want to fight. My best guy's going to fight your best guy, but they do it themselves. Yeah. That's up to you then. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not in like a. They didn't come in like and announce themselves like I'm here to take over the gym or whatever. But yeah, I've had people come in and challenge me, and yeah, it's. Uh, I've had, it's another podcast in itself that just talking about <laughs> stories. People come in, but yeah, I, I had a guy. That the most recent one, I had a guy when when I was away somewhere. A guy came in and he was. Uh, I, I was I might have been in Thailand, and a guy had come into the gym and asked about. Uh, who's teaching grappling, you know, and they said, oh, Danny's the head coach or whatever, but he's not here. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to come in, I'm going to test him and, you know, and I was like... <laughs> That's just uh, really weird, Yeah, isn't it? yeah, and I was like, fucking hell. So I, I was teaching class and then I was halfway through teaching a class and this, I seen this random guy come in, he started like stretching off on the side of the mat and I knew straight away, I'm like, this is the guy. This is the guy, and I, yeah, I just fucking, I said, I just told everyone, I said, grab a partner, start grappling, everyone started grappling and, the guy didn't want to fight me. He just wanted to grapple. So I, I think what he thought in his head is that he could come grapple me, maybe beat me, and then he'd be able to like take the class. He'd be able to say, I'm the coach or something. That, that's that's sort of what I got from the... the There weren't many words exchanged. And then, yeah, I just jumped on his back and just strangled him. And <laughs> did, he, did he tap or did you fully like choke he, him? He, he tapped, but I put him to sleep. <laughs> because I thought, you're a, you're a fucking twat. You know what I mean? You, yeah, come, it, I would, you, yeah. come, you come in in here and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I didn't... I didn't I just, he tapped 
and I he went out and then I let him wake back up and I said, do you want to go again? And he said, yeah. So I just did it again. I did exactly the same thing again. I took his back, but instead of sinking it under his neck and actually choking him clean, I just put it across his face and I just tried to snap his neck and there were a few pops. He tapped, you know, quite a lot on the mat and then I let it go and then he left and that were it, really. So, but you see that all, you know, he's like these YouTube bully like clips and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you see yeah. that all the time. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I can't, he probably won't do it again. Yeah. Or maybe he will, I don't know. There's been a few over the years I've had people come in and just like, yeah. I was going to say that. I like, this is probably going to have to do a part two with Daddy because he's oh, got so sure, many man. stories that yeah, are like so amazing. That, yeah. But I, I'm going to say pre COVID, so a couple of years ago, we were in the gym. I can't remember what happened, but do you remember there were a guy that called you out and you said like publicly, like, and you've got a big following across Facebook and across Instagram. You were like, I'll, I'll pay you 500 for the winner. No, it was, it was ten, I, no, I remember because this came up on my, on my memories recently. So it was, it was 10 grand. Yeah. So, so th- this basically I'd booked this guy to fight. Yeah. This guy was fight. He was fighting amateur rules, right? And he was getting paid, which doesn't happen, yeah? So he, he's there. He's like a journeyman. He's there just to basically make the numbers up. I was missing a fight. He was going to turn up. I was going to pay him. He was going to jump in with someone who's, you know, more experienced than him, but, you know, he's going to get stuck in and get 100 quid out of it or whatever. So he's turned up. He's way heavier than the other guy. He's seen the other guy and thought, I don't fancy this. So he's like, oh, we're not the same weight, so... And he's bailed. And I'm like, yeah, you're not the same weight. You're heavier than the, that, the That's your advantage. <laughs> you know, I'm giving, you've got the advantage of weight. He's, he's, you know, he's better than you. He's probably going to win. I'm, that's why I'm paying you to be here. You know, you roll. Anyway, he kicked off and he said he was going to report me to this MMA association, which doesn't exist. <laughs> so I'm like, and, and, and so there's this back and forth. And I was just taking the piss. I'm like, yeah, you report me to that association, mate. Yeah, well done. And it got to the stage where he actually, and I'm screenshotting this and just pointing on Facebook. Everyone's laughing. And then it got to the stage where he started commenting on it and he's like, you're a fucking dick. I'm going to fight you. And I'm like, hold on a minute, right? So you've turned up to me, gym. I've got you a fight with this amateur who's had a couple of fights who, you know, you've decided you don't want to fight him, so you're going to bail. Now you you think you're going to fight me. Do you know what I mean? I've had all these fights. So, so you, you don't want to fight this other guy for whatever reason because you think he's going to beat you. And, that, and now you want to fight me. I'm like... And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll knock you down a few pegs or whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. Come to the gym on Friday and we'll fight. And he's like, oh, no, what, what we'll do is we'll do it on like a show or something. And I'm like, nah, 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 you don't get to prepare. I'm like, if you want to fight, you come down on Friday and uh, at seven o'clock and we'll fight. We'll have a fight. And I said, I tell you what, if you can last, if you can survive more than three minutes, I'll give you £10,000. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and everyone's going crazy like what the fuck you know so then I turned up to the gym on Friday the gym's just full of fucking like people like you've never seen like, as many e- people e- at the gym everyone's just there and I, I just had 10 grand I got 10 grand out in cash and I'm just like there's your 10 grand I put I did a live video there's your 10 grand you know time's ticking get here all you gotta do is survive you don't have to beat me if you can just survive more than 3 minutes once that clock hits 3 minutes 10 grand's yours I, I wouldn't have let him get out of a minute I would have fucking put him to sleep but you are he, mad. He just mad. Never, <laughs> absolutely mad. How did you feel when Daddy was staring too nice to tell you that? A bit scared. Yeah, but he just, <laughs> a pool of something on the floor. I don't know but, he just, but he just never, he never turned up and then no. he just disappeared and no one ever heard from him again. But um, I had nothing to do with that, by the way. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> sleeping with the fishes. But yeah, it's just, just one of them. He just, uh, yeah. So you do every now and again, you get those people. And uh, yeah, I've That's done a few. I, I once triangled a guy and he got dragged out. Yeah, it's, yeah. That was a good day. I've had to, the, the good thing about the gym is 
when dickheads come in, we tend to all team up together and someone will give them a good kick in and it just keeps dickheads out of the gym. So that's... You yeah. were telling me that about cult, like kind of MMA, like gym culture being quite wholesome in that like if somebody's going to be an arsehole, I said to you like what happens, for example, if, if you tap and somebody do, like breaks your leg anyway or breaks your arm oh, anyway, yeah. then everyone in the gym will gang up on them and be like, get the fuck out. Yeah, it's I mean, just it, it's just kind of like you look after yeah, your training you, you, you partners. You just learn it. It's just that culture. You, you, yeah. you, 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 someone new comes into them and they just they just sort of, they just learn that that's the way and yeah. But again, that comes from the top. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if your head coach is of whatever attitude they've got, I suppose that then filters down. Uh, so you're like a really chill guy, aren't you? You know, you're a relaxed guy and that would reflect it somewhat into your fighters and yeah. into the team across all the disciplines. But yeah, like the mat itself, like from what I've experienced at ABT and, and you know, it's, it's a very welcoming place. And like you said, you see all races and religions, all career paths. It's a wild thing, you know, considering yeah, yeah. the state of the world today that we're all, we are all sort of equal and you see that on yeah, the that, That's the best thing about a gym. It's just, it's just a big melting pot of, you know, like you say, cultures, religions, everyone's in there. You know, this morning you got, you got Albanian refugees. Yeah. You got all these people just all on the mat together and uh, just training. It's, it's a beautiful crazy. thing. It is. Um, I don't know how long we've been going, George. Christ almighty. Two hours, all right. Two we're, hours. Yeah, let's we're, wrap we're, it up. We're almost enough. Skipped a couple because, again, we've already touched on them. Uh, Bearded Pine has asked, do you think that Adam shops at the kids' section for clothes? No, it's, it's not that small. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Thanks, Danny. The first person actually ever say that. Even in the, I, you're, t- you're actually tall. You're tall and Josh who thinks he's, he's got like, big man syndrome. How, how, how much do you weigh? How much do you think I weigh? Have a guess. If I'm terrible at guessing <laughs> weight. I don't know, like 70 kilo. Yeah. So you're very good. I'm actually yeah. 69 right now. There you go. Kilos. Yeah, so yeah. Khabib's weight. Yeah, he's a bit leaner than me. <laughs> and a bit meaner. Beard Meats Food asked to kindly choke you out live on the podcast. Yeah, I, I asked if you, you could choke him out. Don't do that though, because I, I need a coat. What I said we'd do as well, for, the, for that question, I said, we'll go into the studio and you can, you can show Adam how to choke me so yeah. you can show him the technique for a rear naked choke let's do it okay, well, we'll do it in a bit can I ask my two questions or my, I've got just got two real quick ones so yeah, you go on, yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, I've, when I've asked a few so far but a couple have popped into my head so Danny you mentioned that um, you didn't really like the whole strength conditioning part yeah What? how much time do, do most MMA fighters dedicate to actually lifting weights is it a, on what so, kind of weights do you, did you so it's listen? different for everyone what I think people should do is they should do two sessions a week and it should be like a full body like you do a bit of everything because the problem with lifting weights from MMA is if you go like the um, sort of bodybuilding style where you, you know just doing chest or whatever you get super sore and yeah. then it's very hard to train again so doing MMA you know you're doing boxing kickboxing wrestling you've got all these things you're sparring you've got so many sessions so doing weights on top of it, it, it weights have just never interested me but na- now it sort of does now I've I've learned how to train properly and stuff and I wish I knew that back then I would have trained a lot better but um, yeah I think the problem we've got now is strength and conditioning coaches, they'll get a fighter and they try and smash him. It's like that that becomes then the main thing. So a lot of fighters might be doing four sessions a week, strength and conditioning, when there's really, they should be doing a lot less, concentrating on other areas of the game because it, it's supposed to help that, you know, your overall game. Whereas I get fighters turning up for sparring and they're fucked because they've been deadlifting. Yeah. And, and it's sort of fried the nervous system, whereas really they should be, you know... For me, and everyone's got different ideas on it, for me, fighters should be doing, you know, you can do your big compound lifts like benching, deadlifting, squatting, but don't go super heavy. Don't don't be 
going for like one rep maxes and stuff because it's just going to fry your fucking nervous system and that's what you need when you're sparring that's really important i would have thought it'd been the other way around so like if i if i i would have thought i would have assumed most of the guys would be doing one rms you know like one a one rep max rather than doing like because you're not gonna get, you shouldn't get soft not maybe a deadlift like you say your nervous system will be affected but I would have, but I very the the top guys. I very rarely rarely see them talking about actually lifting weights. Yeah, and when I, you do, you see them doing curls, and I'm like, what's the fucking point of doing curls? <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that's just for video. I think it's just uh, yeah, you you, you SNC coaches. There's a lot of good coaches out there now. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the guy who I'm really interested in who is called Phil Derue. He's uh, the coach, strength conditioning coach at American Top Team, and I, and I'm actually following his program now. That's what I'm doing, and it's it's like so. One session you do like a you do like a a lower body movement, so you do like a deadlift or a squat, one variation of them anyway, and then you would do a upper body you push and a pull movement, and then you would just couple that with some like prehab exercises, you know, to stay on top of your injuries. I think that's a really good method, and you you know you're doing sort of like between sort of five and 10 reps somewhere in that middle range there and you're not going like super heavy where you you know i, I think for mma you need to leave some in the tank yeah. you know leave a few reps in the tank so you can actually train later whereas if you're just going if you're training like a bodybuilder or you train like a strength you're not a strength athlete so if you train like a strength athlete you're going to be like a strength athlete can give everything in that one session because that is the goal. Yeah, but yeah. For MMA, that's not the goal. The goal is to get better at sparring. So if you're fucked in sparring because you've been doing loads of curls, yeah, for sure, it, it's that's detrimental. So yeah, but again, that's, that's another whole podcast right there. I'd like so much like the like the big dudes, like you know, like the big names would actually lift. Like if they could, yeah, it'd be quite e- interesting for me to know. Like e- everybody's different. I think a lot, a lot a lot of people gravitate towards that. But yeah. a lot of the a lot of the grapples and stuff, but the deadlifts are pretty good. You know, like for example, but anyway, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, no, that's definitely, that's, yeah, that's it does good. translate. The, the other question I had was, um, if you could, I don't know if this is really something you can answer, it's more something you could demonstrate, but like if you were, so you're totally, um, you, you're not, you know, you, we, I showed you that video, right? Not long ago, that guy in the subway. Yeah, you oh. might have seen it on, on Twitter. Uh, a guy in, wait, it's subway in America. Yeah, it was like, so, as in not the subway, as in like as in the subway, subway like sandwich. Ah, oh, right, yeah. And uh, a, a guy, it must have been like a Deliveroo driver. I don't think it is in America. I think it's in. Oh, was that all right? Well, it's, let's say it's a Deliveroo driver, we're, like getting in this dude's face. And um, did he go for a double? Was, like? I don't think he was a Deliveroo driver. No? I think he was a pissed. Was, no, he was pissed. He was a drunk guy. Oh, and right. They wouldn't give him the food for whatever reason. You didn't yeah. see why. Yeah. And then he goes for this. He's mad, obviously, because he's pissed. Right? So he goes. Um, he goes for this employee at Subway. He was quite a tall bloke, but he looks pretty unassuming. He's got his COVID mask on, and he's, which is what normally happens in fights, right? Somebody tries to sling a haymaker because they're drunk, and the guy sees it coming. He ducks down, picks him up, and fucking spears the dude straight to the ground, yeah. knocks him clean out, and then just kind of adjusts his face mask. So I'm thinking he's had some training. But if you were to, apart from running away, if what the question is, if you were to get into like a fight, somebody you know somebody, that haymaker's coming, right? Somebody's mad at you. What's what's the best way? Do you think to is there a, a, a move or some kind of technique to avoid that, or to then get him on the floor and kind of uh, yeah? He, again, you're going down to that self defense rabbit hole because there's so many variables. If someone's throwing a punch at you, like is his mates? Is he got his mates with him? You know, yeah. you need to like just look out for that punch and then run away. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what, good one, advice. Most people who are fighting who are pissed, it's very easy to see what they're going to do. You can read what they're going to do. So yeah, just fucking put your hands up and yeah, or just punch them faster than they punch you but yeah when you go into that, this self-defense rabbit hole people that's what people want they want your average person wants to know a technique like yeah. show me what you would do if 
so-and-so did this. But there's so many variables to that. Like, what is the angle of his punch? What yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many... Consummate professional yeah, there. No, that's this, good. I didn't this, expect there was going to be like, oh, yeah, do this, but I the, thought it would be interesting. Yeah, there's, no. so, there's so many... Like, street fighting is chaos. Yeah. It's just chaos. So it's just a case of like, if someone's throwing punches at you, put your hands up, cover your head, and don't get it in the face. I'd put, I'd try and pull out the checkbook and be like, I can write all sorts of numbers on this. Leave, leave me alone. That video, I will show it to you afterwards. But the reason that yeah. video is funny because you, he sent it to me saying like, this is amazing, and he, he double legged this guy, yeah. but obviously throws this big like overhand right, just a, a drunken haymaker. Yeah, and I'm assuming that dude had never trained before because the only reason he got speared is because his own weight was then against him. He yeah, literally yeah. just got picked up and his legs, the weight of his legs just turned him upside down. He smashed his face off the floor and he was like, literally, it's blood. in a pool it was, of blood on the like floor. It's like he's missing a few teeth. Completely yeah. out of it. And it, yeah. was, it was because he's a, he, he didn't know how to move his weight. He just yeah. literally just got, you know. So, so grappling is one of the best things for self-defense, but it's also one of the worst. So again, it's all down to situation. So you're on about Jeff Thompson and about boxing. Yeah. That's a really good thing. You know, just have ba- basic boxing will go a long way in a, in, a, in, a, in a street fight. But the thing about grappling is you can, grappling's good because you can end a street fight without really hitting anybody and hurting them. But it's not good if there's more than one person. So if, there's, if it's one-on-one, I would say grapple all day. Grapple, hold them down, restrain them, they calm down, police come or whatever. You know, gra- grappling's good for that kind of situation. But if there's you and all your mates behind you, if I take you to the floor, I'm getting all them kicking me in the head. Not, then it's nah, not, my, then it's not, not, not good. <laughs> nah, they'd they, they, have gone a long time ago, you know. Yeah, they so, left me to it. So yeah, again... It's, it's one of them. It's like that unknown situation. You don't know what's going on. I've had people chase me with, well, you know the stories I've told you before, <laughs> the girl with the glass, you know, there's been all kinds of mad, mad things. I've had people, someone tried to hit me with a pickaxe. Um, I've had people where pull, they, pull where, where knives. Where did they get a fucking pickaxe from? It's not like a readily available weapon. It was like weapon, they raided a farm. It was mad. <laughs> well, that's, again, the story we'll, we'll for We'll save that for part two, yeah. yeah we definitely there you go. Let us know in the, uh, I'm not signing out early or anything, but let, let us know in the, if you're watching, and there are comments, let us know in the uh, in the comments if you want to see Danny back on again, because it'd be a pleasure. Yeah, this so, has been a really so, exciting one so much more to, to yeah. go into. This, he, like, Danny Mitchell is, like, one of the most fa- fascinating people that I've ever come, come across in my life. I could. You're a personality for YouTube. I can tell you that right oh. now. You you'd love it. Even that, I was just thinking it was it was the cogs were turning. I thought like if I was Mr. Beast, you were talking about you know giving that guy ten grand to come and fight. Yeah, you. yeah. That that would have been a twenty million view video on YouTube. If you got a man offers MMA fighter offers ten thousand yeah, pounds to yeah. guy to come. If yeah. you filmed that all like on a switch I mean, camera, you still you still got that that footage probably. I bet it's still on Facebook. Like you could make, yeah, we can yeah. replicate that. We can make that if video. If the guy didn't turn up, there's no payoff. Is it? Nah, true. There. Yeah. But yeah. you get people. You would not. I'm saying you should set this up and start knocking people out. <laughs> I'll, I'll turn up one. Danny needs, like, I'm with you though. Yeah, like, we'll you are a personality for YouTube. Like, it, it, the stuff that, <laughs> my life's better for knowing you and more people need Cheers, to know man. you. Yeah. Honestly, like. I wanna, what I want to do is get a million subscribers on YouTube and then I'm just going to delete it and delete all my social media and just never be seen. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can, I you can feel like that. way you might do that, yeah. Get yourself one of those things on the wall over That's there. It. That's what we want. Yeah. Any final comments, mate? No, just thanks, Danny, for coming on. It's been like my, my favorite episode yet. Yeah. Like, by a mile, it'd be it. really entertaining because it's, no it's, it's really interesting. It, you know, it's an area that I'm interested in. You had some cool stories and you didn't knock me out, which I thought might be, a, you know, I, I normally risk a couple of comments. I, I haven't really done that today. You know, a couple <laughs> of insults, but yeah, that's been cool. Any final comments from you, mate? Any st- oh, you want to push anyone anywhere? Or No, nah, that's it. I've got my website coming soon. That'll be dannymitchellmma.com. That's not live yet, so don't all head there. Maybe just save it as a yeah, write yeah. down a bit of paper or something. But um, 
yeah, that's it. Just uh, that's what I'm looking to do: seminars, coaching online, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you do own a gym or you train at a gym and you want uh, some seminars, doing Danny's Danny's your man across all disciplines. Um, check him out on on Instagram and Facebook because in all MMA, it's a lot of funny stuff. Like your Instagram and Facebook is probably one of the funniest places to be on the internet. Cheers, man. It's like the original. Um, Who's the the Black Beast UFC? Um, D- Derek Lewis. Yeah. Like he's a funny guy, but you came before Derek Lewis with the uh, funny MMA stuff. So check that, check Danny out, Danny Mitchell MMA. And uh, yeah, that's it, mate. Another one in the bag. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.